<laughs> We're doing villains now. I'm Dracula. Hi, and welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast where we look at the many films nominated for MTV Movie Awards in many categories and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost villainy expert. Oh, good. I wasn't sure if you were going to make the switch or not. It's still pretty new into it. And today we are rejoined by film debut expert and who knows what else, uh, Jack Reed. Jack, welcome Hi. back. Hi there. How's it going? Um, I haven't been an expert on debuts in like basically a year. <laughs> I try and stay um, consistent to what the guests initially tell me, though. Yeah. We're definitely having some people on where I've just forgotten, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, my um, uh, my show, Ain't Debuts, I put on, I sort of put on uh, a hold for who knows how long, and by put on hold, I mean, it was you my- You tried to do a Shrek a... episode, and it ruined you. Yes. I, it, an episode that has now been talked about <laughs> a lot on several different podcasts. Um <laughs> um but yeah the, a shrek episode um that uh, i lost the audio for um there is one unreleased episode that um uh is sort of relevant and something i'll talk about today um but I, I i don't know when or if it will return but i i would like for it to in some form just um my unemployment pandemic project uh kind of came to a head because uh one of those two things stopped um uh the I pandemic's over here. Yeah, the pandemic is finally over. Um, Breaking news! Gosh. Everyone will listen to this episode to get all the hot tips. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, and you know, I'd like for it to, I, here's the, okay, actually, I shouldn't say I'm not an expert anymore. Um, because I do keep a hidden letterbox list um, called uh, just my Ain't Debuts wish list with like several hundred debuts that I would love to cover on that show, but... Again, uh, it's 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 tough. It's a tough show to run um, uh, on your own, which I, I, I like keeping it that way, but it does make it tough. So uh, maybe one day in some form it will return. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think it. You know what? I'll, I'll I'll walk it back. I think it's safe to say I, I am an expert on film debuts, and I also uh, am an expert on Stephen Tobolowski, who we're going to talk about twice today. Oh hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. that works out well. So. Obviously, uh, as you know, because you you were on the show before, we used to ask people their experience with kissing, but you know now yeah. it's a new topic. So, what's your experience with uh, evil or villainy in movies or otherwise? Well, um, I uh, of course, like I did, like I just said, um, the pandemic is now over, um, and I think that uh, I can finally say that uh, I am the one who invented the novel coronavirus. Uh, it was me. I did it. I had my fun. Uh, we can go back to how things were. I just got bored um, with with everything, you know. Why well, do we now have a second episode that you're going to ask me to delete if we ever get popular? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I don't know which I don't know which of these two episodes so far I would ask you to delete first. Um, uh, my expert, well, you know, it's funny you asked uh, my my expertise in villainy. Um, well, I I really wanted this year, and I think we'll 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 get into get into why. Um, it's less because of like an expertise. We talked about Shakespeare last time, um, and that was a big one for me. Um, but but this year was just a year I was fascinated by really. Um, but I did do I did do something, uh, Kenny, that that you know about. I don't know if you told Ben about, and I don't know when you want to do it, but I I did 
compile uh, some bonus villainy materials for this episode. Um, I, I, and again, that could come whenever you want it to. It can come at the beginning. It can come at the end. But I, but I, I did do some extra research that I think you guys will enjoy hearing about. So that's a that's Ooh. that's my contribution to uh, being an expert in villainy. Yeah, I think we can do that in a bit, right okay. before we get to the nominees. But okay, yeah, I'm excited to hear about this this list. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty nuts. I got really excited like this afternoon when I was uh, working on it. Uh, yeah, you'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah. No, it's um this is our like second sort of dip into villainy. Um, I noticed we're getting like a bit of a some of these villains are starting to like kind of fill into like a kind of similar trope where it's sort of just like mastermind messing with the protagonist. Um, um I wrote a note about like, this, Ben. Yeah. Like nineties thrillers <laughs> are kind of all about like gaslighting weirdos. Yeah. That's what oh these guys all not not all of yeah. them. Yeah. You know, like single white female unlawful entry. It's it's like, yeah. it would not even gaslighting is not the right word. Like parasocial um, uh, um, weirdos is kind of what the vibe is, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like there's no there's yeah so far like um, you're not getting many things like like the penguin this week like right. where it's just sort of just an over the top villain. Right. <laughs> you're getting more just like someone who's just going to enter into your life and make it make it substantially worse. Right. I mean, and that was kind of. I, like I, I look at a lot of other movies, uh, like thrillers, especially um, in in the '90s, and that really was like a very popular thing. It kind of all culminates, I think, in uh, the Cable Guy with Jim Carrey, which is, feels like a send up of, of that genre. Um, mm-hmm. But for two of them this week to to be about that was is uh, very cool to me. Um, what an interesting um, sub genre in in uh, blockbuster or in yeah. studio filmmaking. And like thrillers, yeah, yeah. No, I it's it's in it's been like really cool. Um, yeah, it's it's there's it's it and there's like a decent amount of variety within them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, especially if I I definitely try to pace myself more this time around, just because like I feel like at least early on like the variety we're getting isn't as like scatter shot as the kisses was. <laughs> Or the mo- the most scatter shot genre best sandwich. That by far was <laughs> yeah. in one year, no less. Yeah, Jack, will, or, here's a. Oh, go ahead, Kenny. Go ahead, Kenny. Sorry. Oh, I think yeah, just just you wait. I prefer to leave the best sandwich episode. That smoke, four rooms, and golden eye. Just smoke a movie that I am watching uh, tomorrow. This is this right. is 1995 smoke. Yeah, because I watch it. And I'm like Jack. You uh, gotta watch this movie. It's got it's your a, boy Harvey Keitel. Like it's, it's a Harvey Keitel movie, and it's got smoke in the title. I have to watch it. Uh, yeah, I'm watching. I'm actually yeah. that's on the docket for uh, tomorrow or sometime <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, guys. I was thinking earlier. I wonder, like, you know, however many cycles you guys do, I do wonder what movies you will have seen the most, um, like in in a given like like in a couple of years or so, like. What what yeah. pops up the most? Um, I, I think oh, you, have you have you already had some doubles yet with with best kiss and best villain? Uh, yes, yeah, Cape uh, Fear. Kirsty. Yeah, Cape Fear. The the villain cool. took part in the kiss as well. <laughs> and that that kiss was was that De Niro and Juliet Lewis? 
Yeah. <laughs> yep, it, that was the one. It's that, not that well, one, it's right? not presented as a positive thing. Uh, no, if, if it had one, I never would have wanted to start with best kiss. <laughs> no, and like, it's so weird because I, I think I talked about it last episode too, is that like Cape Fear is so much more enjoyable uh-huh. when you're watching it through the lens of villainy and not right. through the kiss lens. Yeah, no, I think that's really fair. That's really yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Batman Returns, this will be our second time talking about that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I definitely, um, uh, for those longtime fans know this, but I watch movies at two times speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't always do this. Um, so, and like, I think it, it creates a bit of a problem where like, I will be more engaged watching a movie through two times speed than I will be one times speed. Because um, my, I'll just start get, like getting glazed over and a sure. little bored. Yeah. Um, so I really didn't like. I really just did not like connect with a lot of Batman Returns. I think it was also like one of our like bigger weeks in terms of the movies. But this time around, oh, I absolutely adored it. It was so yeah. fun. It's 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 a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, it is a. Yeah. I I was like at a. I mean, I'll talk about this when we when we kind of get to it. But I was I, like I would say from probably like just before the close of the nolan movies through like i want to say 2017 or so like right before lego batman came out i did not care about batman i was like batman is boring he's just rich and sad i don't care like i'm not interested in batman but i've always been interested in batman returns i'm i'm i I always like i have a friend who is like i you know i'm not a star wars fan but i am a last jedi fan that's kind of how i felt about batman for a really long time batman returns for a really long time um, only recently have I started to dip back into, oh wait, no, I'm always interested in him cause he's, he's, he's not just rich. He's weird. Um, uh, and, and, and kind of freaky and everyone else around him is kind of weird and freaky too. Um, and this is, uh, the, the platonic ideal of, uh, of, uh, freaky, freaky Batman. So yeah, love it. Yeah. I would definitely, I forget if it was last week, but I, the Batman Returns shot I think of constantly is just him sitting in his like dark like room waiting for the bat signal to turn yeah. on. Like, yeah, I mean that's that's one of those images that has stuck with me ever since I was little. That and then there's something there's a there's an instance in the comics and I can't remember when it happens, but it's re- it's really good. Um, it's in a Justice League comic from uh, I want to say the late '90s, early 2000s, but feels like late '90s to me, maybe even mid '90s, but. Uh, it's a Justice League comic, and Superman and Wonder Woman and, and Batman are all are all agree to say their secret identities out loud to each other at the same time, and and Superman says Clark Kent, and uh, Wonder Woman says Diana Prince, and Batman says Batman, <laughs> and it's one of those moments that I just like. For me, it's like I, 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 he, he Batman is great because you know he's he's always the the most extreme i mean he's like sam the eagle i'm gonna use a muppet example here he's like sam the eagle because he's so like stringent he's so like like always himself um uh such a bummer to be around so self-serious um to the point where like i i genuinely think it makes him one of the best characters to tell stories with because as you as you see in batman returns you can tell multiple other people's stories through him because it's not a movie about him really in any sense. Um, it's about these other figures too, in particular, um, and and how you know they're they're how they survive in this like very cruel world. And it's it's such a uh, it's so good. I love Batman Returns. Yeah, no, I'm excited yeah. to 
to talk about that, and then we should probably get into, like, the years, but first, Jack, I'm curious, because you had mentioned to me when you started watching these films that you had forgotten which one was the specific winner, and you weren't, weren't yeah. going to look it up. Did yeah, you... I, I don't know. I I wrote down, I, I think the only thing is that I knew it wasn't DeVito for The Penguin, because um, I, I think I would have remembered if he had, um, like, when picking this year. Um, but I truly, I look at all of the, I have two, I have two guesses, um, like two that I really think it could be just because of the, like the magnitude of the movies. But I, I genuinely of these remaining four cannot remember what, what one at all. I really don't know. <laughs> cause we, cause Kenny, I talked to you about this like months ago, like a few, like two or three months ago. I was like, yeah, I want that year. And then I just wrote the names of the films down <laughs> And and they've been on my my watch list, and I realized, oh shit, I cannot remember what one. So yeah, I got no clue. Yeah, we'll yeah, well we'll get in, or I'll mention because it's funny because it, yeah, I told you a few months ago I was doing like vi- villains along with like uh-huh. other guests, and then you you had said, hey, I want like nineteen ninety three, and yeah. then like literally thirty seconds later, Ethan, like our friend Ethan, who's going to be uh-huh. on next week, is like, yes. hey, I want 1993. I'm like, um, sorry, bud, you're 30 seconds too late on that. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I mean, it's a big, it's bad, it's 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 Batman Returns. It's a big year, and Ethan is a is a man of taste, so I I, I get it. Yeah, and then this happened again the other day when I was booking and uh, having multiple people were like two two people, our friend uh, Emilio, past uh-huh. guests, and then. Yeah, uh, f- future guests like and our friend Colin are both like, "Hey, I want 2000." I'm like, "Ah." I mean, at 2000 is um is by Shagme, right? That one I remember. Yeah, it's right? by it's by Shagme. It's like talented Mr. Ripley. It's yeah, like... I mean that's a great year. It's oh, like yeah. Cruel Intentions. It's Darth Maul. It's 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 freaking um Sleepy <laughs> Hollow. It's a great yeah, year. It's... I I remember this year. I just said them all off the top of my head, but I genuinely remember <laughs> that year because that was when I started watch around the time I started watching, and I remember celebrating to myself because of Jim Carrey winning the next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, 1993 MTV Movie Awards, they they were recorded Tuesday, July 13th, 1993, and hosted by Eddie Murphy. Um best film best movie that year was a few good men yeah movie we'll talk about soon oh, wow. best female performance sharon stone who also got most desirable female Interesting. but most desirable male did not go to michael douglas for also the same film went to christian slater an untamed heart yeah with his his baboon heart um <laughs> I can't remember is it is it a baboon heart I can't remember which one it is but <laughs> yeah it's a baboon no it's not it's not a... it's <laughs> he was it? told he has a baboon heart but like oh, it was we, a well, lie we don't, know. It was just... we don't we don't know that you can't possibly know that <laughs> I don't think the director has made a statement. I don't think it has a lore viable. Uh... I'm pretty sure it's easy to look up, but you're right. We don't know. We don't know. Um, yeah. Uh... Best new f- filmmaker that year was Carl Franklin for the film One False Move. I... Uh, a great movie. A great, great, great movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
The yeah. best new filmmaker ones are interesting because it's like one year and it's either people like, oh, hey, Wes Anderson, or it's uh, like people who I've never really heard of, like yeah. like Carl Franklin in this case. <laughs> uh, Carl Franklin rocks. Uh, Carl Franklin, director of uh, Devil in a Blue Dress, uh, my favorite Denzel movie, or one of, well, I have a lot of favorite Denzel movies, but that's one of them. Hmm, interesting. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh, excellent, excellent filmmaker. He is so good. Yeah. Well, that's it. And the Lifetime Achievement Award went to the Three Stooges. Uh, awesome. Oh, finally. <laughs> Very cool of them to, to preemptively, like what, like 10 years early, uh, award a Farrelly Brothers movie before it even came out. That's really uh, uh, streets ahead of them. 20 years <laughs> early, even. Um, 20, 20? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, we're in the 90s, not the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, sometimes your math is wrong and it ruins the joke. <laughs> Um, huh. yeah, or it makes yeah. it better. So yeah, uh, but before before we get to nominees, uh, Jack, you want to run through those alternates you came up with? Yeah. So yeah, I'll give I'll give some uh, a, a quick quick little background to this. Um, I realized that there were some films that came out this year that were um, that were not nominated for best villain. Uh, some some villains that were that were, were missing. And look, this is this is a good this is a good year. Like I I, I like all of these movies. Okay, um, I love I love one of them a lot. Um, as we've talked about already, um, um, but it's it's less about you know the villain or it's less about the movies themselves and more about the villains. And um, you know, like we'll, we'll talk about the movies as we get there. But there there are some monumental villains uh, from nineteen from the year of nineteen ninety two. Um, and I told Kenny, I'm going to make an alternate list. Um, and I don't, and I, and I was originally just going to do an alternate five. And then I realized I could not just do an alternate five. Um, there are some really good, like really big, important villains. And I think maybe as we get down to like the last like three or so, I, I think anyone listening who knows these, these, these movies and these characters will also agree um, yeah, um, absolutely, they should have been there. So, here's the thing: I made an alternates list for the best for the best villain awards, but I also made an alternate alternate list because there are some that I couldn't. When I'm making this alternate list, I didn't want to like be like, oh yeah, the the the, the concept of 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 what's the disease in Lorenzo's oil, which came out in 1992, whatever. I wasn't going to put like that disease on there because MTV doesn't do that. I wanted to be straightforward and just put a, a villain performance. Um, so, so that eliminated a bunch of things. Um, so he, but, but then there are some on here where it's like, they probably just would not have ever made it in any realistic sense. So I'm going to run down my alternates to my alternates real quick. Um, I'm going to say before you say that, that they wouldn't yeah. nominate the disease in Lorenzo's oil. They didn't nominate yeah. inequality for best fight in like yeah. when they nominated the <laughs> RBG movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, but that's the thing. That's like the kind of shit that the Razzies have been doing forever, which is always a bad bit. Um, and I think like as when did when did they start do when did MTV start doing stuff like that? Was it like with that or have they always been doing little bits like best duo? Um, I don't I can't think. Of I think best that was duo. just the Bruce one time they did it, which is what makes it weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's, it's that's really weird. Concept, that's a, yeah. yeah. That's okay. Well, I, I don't know if that's the year where they did best fight against the power, but like God. All right. Um. So my my first one. 
any one of these three would qualify for for best villain, but I also think all three of them are protagonists. Um, and it is, of course, Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willis and Death Becomes Her. Um, all three of them are absolutely wretched human beings. Um, they could fill the category on their own. They're all also kind of the protagonists. It's squiffy, and I, you can't pick any one above all because all three of them are incredible. Probably I give Goldie Hawn the edge, but anyway, those three and Death Becomes Her. Uh, uh, first on my alternate, alternate list. Second... I asked Kenny beforehand if any, if either of you had ever seen, if, if either of you had watched Twin Peaks. Um, Kenny, I know you've seen a bit. Ben, have you ever seen Twin Peaks? No, not even okay, a little so bit. Okay, so I, uh, it's, the, 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 a few identities are, you know, pretty well known um, in the hemisphere. Like, if anybody, like, has ever, you know, hung out with someone who watches Twin Peaks or, like, whatever. Like, it's, it's culturally, they're pretty well known. However, um, I am not about to spoil it for the two of you. So just know that I wrote down question mark question mark question mark question mark question mark which is not how many um um characters there are in this thing just five question marks in uh twin peaks fire walk with me uh from 1992 a film that would not have gotten nominated for for this category at all um or any category because people hated it um it is a masterpiece the next two are animated um i kind of combine them um in, I, I think it took a long time for mtv to ever nominate an animated villain in fact it may have not happened and by animated it happened, I do mean, like, uh, no, scar oh, yeah. is coming up yeah scar okay, and then, so okay yeah. so, it's scar and lots of right. hugs there who Very are the animated funny. villains okay well yeah naturally okay so then it's a good thing that i'm bringing these up so christopher Plummer and rockadoodle um uh terrified me as a child and all and by the same token tim curry um literally literally playing the concept of you know um pollution in fern gully the last rainforest i put those as a pair because there is an animated performance on my main uh list next two are more like conceptual um he's not really playing a villain but you do kind of want donald trump and homo Two lost in new york to to be in this category anyway um <laughs> uh, you know certainly and then by the same token i learned i didn't know this until uh, just a couple of weeks ago James Woods played Roy Cohn in a movie called Citizen Cohn that came out in 1992. And I would bet you anything that it paints Roy Cohn in as pleasant a light as possible. Um, not being facetious, I truly, I have to believe that it's like a hero worship movie about Roy Cohn. Um, so yeah, in no world would they ever nominate either of those for best villain because they, in, in James Woods case, it's definitely not being played villainously, but I put it on here anyway. And then the last one on my alternate alternates is Michael Caine in the Christmas Carol, or Muppet Christmas Carol, um, one of my favorite movies of all time. The thing is, he's just not a particularly nasty Scrooge. Um, he's great. He's chilling, but he's not nasty. And so it didn't really work. I couldn't, I had to be honest. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go through these as best as I can. Um, here are um, quite a few alternates for the best villain rundown. Any one of these guys who I really think should be here instead of a few of the ones we're going to talk about today. Not all, but a few. Um, and I'm going in kind of ascending order. Um, so we're going to start with the ones that like probably least deserve to, but would still be cool to the ones who I genuinely am like kind of furious at mtv that are not here first off michael gambon in toys um he sells the shit out of barry levinson's toys he has to play the weirdest part he is a is a, a toy maker fascist uh, general man uh he's he's evil he's scummy 
uh, and he has these monologues about like about I haven't seen the movie in a very long time, but turning like toy planes into like you know dropping missiles and shit. Um, he's he, I watched a clip before we started, and Michael Gambon is not turned off. He is so into what he's doing. It's great. The next one, it's not a great villain role, but it's it's meaningful. Sean Bean in Patriot Games, um, the 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 sequel to Hunt for Red October. Um, you know, he it's it's Sean Bean's like kind of earliest big thing in Hollywood. Before this, he's in a movie called The Field that my dad loves. Um, but he's not playing a villain. He's playing like an Irish farmer. Um, but he's the villain in Patriot Games. I think it matters because it's Sean Bean's first villain role in, in, in first big role in Hollywood. And in a couple of years, he will be in Goldeneye, um, a movie that I think he probably should have gotten nominated for in this category and probably wasn't. Next up is Dolph Lundgren and Universal Soldier. Um, a film series that I love. Um, it's him and John claude Van Damme together uh, for the first time. Uh, Dolph Lundgren is awesome. I mean, he's really just doing Dolph Lundgren, but he's doing Dolph Lundgren fighting Jean claude Van Damme, which makes him a great villain. Uh, I love the Universal Soldier movies, especially The Last One Day of Reckoning. Excellent. Next one. Here is a surprising one, um, uh, and it's relevant to to uh, to my show Ain't Debuts. Tom Kinney plays the villain in uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's film debut, Shakes the Clown, which to date is the one unreleased episode of Ain't Debuts that I actually have audio for. It will come out. Um, it will. At this point, it's just kind of a, a sort of funny dare to myself that I haven't done it yet. Tom Kenny is super chilling. He's basically playing like a, a terrifying live action version of uh, the Joker from, the, from Batman the Animated Series. He is so scary. Um, anyone who loves Tom Kenny and his career would be absolutely horrified to see some of the shit he does in this movie. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Next up, Rob Lowe in Wayne's World, which is, this is where we start to get into, I can't believe MTV didn't even, didn't even consider nominating them, or if they did, like, it's asinine that they're not here. Rob Lowe in Wayne's World is, like, classic scumbag, like, he's, he's, he's such a good comedy villain. That's the one thing I think these first couple of years of, of the, of this category are really missing, is that there are not a lot of yeah. good, like comedy villains and rob Lowe is one of the best at this he is so nasty and so good in in wayne's world next yeah. up as i mentioned billy bob thornton in carl franklin's one false move he is playing a real scuzzy dude he also wrote the script um for this very good movie if, if you take one thing away from this episode of pass the golden popcorn it's that you should watch One False Move, uh, written by Billy Bob Thornton, directed by Carl Franklin. Bill Paxton is the lead. It is great. Billy Bob Corton, Thornton plays like kind of a career criminal, racist, nasty man, uh, just awful. Um, next up, like I mentioned earlier, uh, animated uh, stuff. I, 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 didn't nom I didn't put those other two on my alternates because there's such a monumental one from this year um, who really, I think, could easily fit into this list. And it's Jonathan Freeman in Aladdin, guys. Oh, oh yeah. It's Jafar. I regret to inform you that it is Jafar. Yeah. He he should be here. He absolutely should be here. That is an incredible voice performance. He is so scary in Jafar. Like, like gave me nightmares. That voice is like, you can't get that voice out of your head once you hear it. He is so, so good. Like, I, I think he, I personally think he could easily fit alongside here. And now that I, you guys have mentioned that Jeremy Irons got nominated for Scar, I'm like, why not Jonathan Freeman? Why not Jay Free for, for, for Jafar, you know? Anyway, uh, so Jafar. Uh, next up, in his film debut as an actor, um, and one of my favorite uh, filmmakers' uh, directorial debuts, 
Tupac Shakur in Juice. Now, this is this one's interesting because he's not a traditional villain. Um, he makes some bad choices and it starts to steamroll or snowball into something that uh, sort of uh, leads to a lot of very villainous and scary choices. Um, what starts off as a really human performance, tur- you know, in this movie, by like 35, 45 minutes in, Tupac is playing basically a, a phantom. He is utterly terrifying. He's transfixing. It is an incredible performance. I don't know, you know, why would MTV not not nominate Tupac in for, for Best Villain? It would have been huge. I think he could have won, too. I mean, he is so good. Um, Juice is excellent. Kenny, I know that you, you know that I, you know, am very into Ernest Dickerson. Have you uh, seen Juice? I don't think I have seen Juice. It's really, really, really good. It, it, it kickstarts a really cool uh, directing career. Um, it's a great role for Tupac. Again, I think it's crazy that he, that he's not here. Now, I've I've said that now about a lot of them already. Um, but but I'll, I'll I'll get through these next ones quickly. But I think you'll agree each one. It's crazy they're not here. Yeah. I just want to have one. a correction that Wayne World was Wayne's World was actually eligible the previous year because I double checked. Why? Um, the, it's a weird like thing with their nomination period where I weird. think okay. it goes up to like March of the year when because okay. Mike Myers and Dana Carvey won Best On Screen Duo the first year. I know because immediately I'm like, wait, why were okay. they not even nominated? That would be the real like. Yeah. So was Rob Lowe nominated for Best Villain last year? No, uh, no, I was like awful. Uh, yeah, well, move over Robert Patrick in T2. Just... I mean, okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair, but still. Um, okay, uh, I have I have six more. They're all really good. I'll, I'll, I'll be fast. All right, the next one. Um, another directorial debut. A lot of, I guess I am an expert. Who knew? Um, um, a big debut, too. A really big one. And I don't think it get nominated for anything this year. You guys can tell me if tell tell me if I'm wrong on that. I, I think it took a minute for this filmmaker to start getting nominated at the at the MTV Movie Awards. But in a movie filled with bad guys, I think that you have to agree that Michael Madsen in Reservoir Dogs is the baddest of them all. He is responsible for it's, it. Sounds like I'm reading script. I'm not. Um, he's responsible for one of the most fascinating and let's face it, coolest villain scenes in the world. Like the the. The scene of him torturing the cop, I first saw that like 20 years ago. It's burned into my mind. Like, once you see that, you can't get it out. It's an incredible, incredible villain performance. And he does it without, with like, he doesn't, he barely even speaks in that movie. I don't even know much about the character besides like that one scene, but it makes such an impact. Uh, The next one is another one in that I really think he's not an all-in-out villain, which I think is true of um, a few of the ones we're going to talk about today. Um, I, I would say this is actually in a movie that doesn't really have a lot of villains, but... For the monumental impact that it had on this actor's career and for how good he is in the role, I, I, I think I include him here. Um, and it's Wes Studi in, in Last of the Mohicans. He is incredible. He is, um, he, he's, he's a, 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 like I said, like not really a traditional villain because he's so well-rounded. He's just trying to survive um, in, in a world that, you know, is continuing to try to take away his livelihood. And he, he is put upon at all sides by... Um, by racism, by colonialism, um, but at the same time, he, you know, it, it, it forces him to make some really scary and, and bad choices, um, and and I think he's incredible. It's it's one of the it's one of the best performances I think captured on film. Next one, uh, kind of an interesting one. Um, one thing I will give um, the nominated crop this year, um, the actual nominated crop, is that there are two of the five are um, are women, which is great. 
a lot of mine are not. Um, and so if it was just all my guys, um, that would not be good. Um, the next one is Miranda Richardson in The Crying Game. Uh, the Crying Game is a movie that that a lot of people very understandably feel very squiffy about uh, these days, especially. Um, one of the most prominent characters in the film is a, is a trans woman um, who was played by a cisgender actor at the time. Granted, this is the early 90s. It was it was simply not even thought of. It wouldn't happen now. Um, I think that performance is very good, and I think many people do agree. Um, but it you know it doesn't change the fact that the movie is what it is. Um, and ultimately, what kind of what it kind of comes down to also that I think is uh, in, in in hindsight maybe not the best look um, is that Miranda Richardson is kind of playing um, the hateful character in the Crying Game. Um, it does not make what she's doing any less effective. Um, it's just that she's the only uh, woman in the cast, um, but she is incredible. She is so scary. Um, uh, it's 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 transphobia captured on screen without really drawing too much attention to it. Um, like that's not what what she her focus is, but it doesn't change the fact that her cruelty uh, is so stark. Uh, it's a really terrifying performance. She is incredible, um, and she doesn't have a ton of screen time. It's like a bit at the beginning kind of a bit in the middle and then a bit at the end um, but she is so good these next three the last three are the ones that i think should be on this i i, I would kick three off easily and i'm just gonna say them um gary oldman in bram stoker's dracula tony yeah. todd in Candyman, and gene hackman in unforgiven that last one is the one. I, I'm like the fact the fact that that Gene Hackman and Unforgiven, one of the biggest bullies in the history of movies. It, like what, I would say that across the genre of the Western genre, I would still say with all the history that that genre has, he's still one of the meanest and nastiest villains that there is. Um, because because he killed Morgan Freeman, which which at, his, at a point in history was like the worst thing anyone in a movie could do. Um, tortured and killed Morgan Freeman, but also he's just a fucking nasty dude. Um, and Unforgiven rocks, and he should have been nominated. I really, I really would bump like three of the nominated folks, I think, in favor of these three. It is unfathomable to me that they are not here. Uh, and that's my alternate. That the, That's my list. Right. We are now 34 minutes into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting me do that. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, my two alternates would probably be, um, probably, I only have two, it'd probably be um, Beverly uh, D'Angelo for playing Laureen in the season three episode, Colonel Homer of The of Simpsons. Course, yeah. She oh, tries absolutely. to break up the, yeah, she tries to break up a lovely mm-hmm. marriage. And then yeah. the dog from Beethoven. And yeah. those are my two. Yeah, that's, that's a great two. I did think about Beethoven himself. <laughs> Yeah, and my alternate is the concept of gravity and cool runnings. <laughs> and it's just off the dome. I'm like, what else came out on that year? <laughs> um, but yeah, those are those are, those are them. I mean, a great villain year, truly. Like, yeah. like that's a, a like every single one that I named, I could have given you a specific moment that I'm thinking of. It, it, it's really something. It's. I think in future, I think I think um, as you guys continue this this part uh, of the, this mini series on the show, I will probably mentally make alternate lists for every episode because <laughs> the '90s, especially, it's like it's 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 there there is no limit. Um, yeah, there's yeah. so many good villains; it's incredible shit. So, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like yeah, especially I feel like this year, like it could have gone with a little bit of variety. Um, mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, because I, I feel like they're not exactly the same, but I feel like no. um like the the like Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct, uh, mm-hmm. Ray Liotta and Unlawful Entry, and Jennifer um Jennifer Lay, uh, in Single White Female, Lee. Thank you. Um, they all sort of fit like this very similar role yeah. of like gaslight gatekeep girl boss or male wife in Ray, Ray Liotta's mm-hmm. case. Um. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just like them just like slowly trying to chip away at it. And I wish we had, I wish we had more sort of like, like sort of either like over the top villains like Danny DeVito or like more like traditional yeah. slasher ones like Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's, Tony Todd, yeah. You know, and I'm also thinking about like the impact, like a character like Candyman is, is huge. Um, like huge. It's, 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 you know, it, yeah. And he's so good in the role. Um, it's just, yeah um but like you said ben there's a lot of similarities between a couple of like especially i think single white female and unlawful entry um very common of the two i'd kick leota because he's good but you know i mean we'll talk about it but yeah yeah no i think um yeah we're we're like 37 minutes and i think we're just (laughs) about to get to our first movie it's very um, funny when I DM'd Kenny to be like, hey, it'd be really nice to spend some time with my wife on Thursday night, so. Yeah, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, we can move back to this time. We'll, like, she's she's watching a documentary about, like, Everest or something. I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, well, good to know that you're keeping up with your wife's interests. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we can I just call this episode with apologies to Mrs. Jack. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is her name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, I'm not going to say your wife's name on my podcast. Yeah, Kenny, if you want to give us the, the nominees and sort of transition us into the talking about the first one. Yeah, well... Yeah, well, first, uh, yeah, Jack, do you want to put in your prediction for what won this year? I do. Um, I do. I, I have to guess based on how big this film was. Um, like, huge. I, I, I think my guess is A Few Good Men. I mm. kind of, I hope I'm wrong. Because of the five, I have one that I hope it is. And I don't know if I want to say that until I know what it is. But, but my guess is A Few Good Men. Well, let's find out. Okay. All right. So, for Best Villain 1993, the nominees are Danny DeVito, Batman Returns, Ray Ray Liotta, Unlawful Entry, Jack Nicholson, A Few Good Men, Sharon Stone, Basic Instinct, and the winner, Jennifer Jason Lee, Single White Female. Hell yeah. Okay, that rules. That was the one I was hoping that it was because i think that like i said of unlawful entry and single white female two two movies with not the exact same plot but a similar like villain function that's the one that works for me way 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 better yeah it goes to show you that you know a single white female can beat a few good men um Um, I'm really relieved that a few good men did not win this category. Ben has been yeah. workshopping that joke for weeks. He's like, weeks. possible title idea? I'm like, Ben, that's so long. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, to sort of, um, sort of jump right into, uh, what are our thoughts on Basic Instinct? This was the first one I watched out of the batch. We start with the winner. That's... No, Basic Instinct. Uh, oh, white sorry. female one. <laughs> Just... Sorry, I I I'm confusing how we structure our podcast. We have like thirty episodes of with how I personally do it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, if there was, a, you know, Kenny, here's a here's a 
what's more villainous than breaking formula you know <laughs> look uh, am i wrong am i <laughs> uh, it's a nice throwback to the early days of the pod where ben's like who do we start with again like on air and i'm like this... i actually remember that happening. <laughs> uh it'll it'll happen to the very last episode even when there's one category left and one movie left <laughs> yeah i think when the first when you first came on it was something where i told Ben, i'm like and who do we start with like he was a yeah no i remember that just... happening <laughs> <laughs> all right where do you get where where, where well, are we starting we'll start with single white female okay. i gotta i gotta get it ingrained into me <laughs> yeah so good movie yeah this was um this would have been like the last one i watched um in my entire like the most of the most recent one um yeah it's i feel like there's sort of um, I, there's sort of like two axes, axes that you can like measure like a villain on and there's mm-hmm. like bad shit they do and then like how I guess like how much you like enjoy them sort of um, and it right. feels like those can be like at odds with each other a lot uh-huh. uh, but they don't yeah. like have to be but it's like it's really it's it's like really hard to root for somebody that like kills a dog for no reason um, yeah <laughs> but like I, yeah I feel like this um, I feel like yeah the uh hedra i think is the name of the Mm -hmm. character hetty yeah Uh, yeah 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 yeah, it's yeah hetty um i feel like sort of yeah tips definitely into the scale of like not like likable like a disney villain Mm -hmm. but just like horrible person like yeah like manipulative um I think it's like I was reading this off the Wikipedia, and I read this after I watched the movie. But I don't know. I don't know if the movie ever addresses it, but like it's implied that like she has like a very like she has like a severe mental disorder. Yeah, um, it doesn't really. It's one of those things. Um, there's a movie that I love that I I covered on my show, Jane Campion, Sweetie, um, and the title character really should, if the category had existed, would have been a a a. a, a, a a great candidate for best villain um yeah is, is, is maybe like undiagnosed um with, with something and it's never really quite said what and i think that this is doing something very similar um yeah it's one uh, of those things yeah. that like yeah like back in the 90s what um what would just be sort of like someone's vague understanding of like right. of like being like um being like sort of like you know crazy quote-unquote yeah. has now sort of yeah. been assumed by like our more general consensus and knowledge about like mental health um it's like one of those things yeah um yeah but still like really like easily hateable character Mm -hmm. um it's did de niro kill a dog in cape fear i'm trying to remember i don't i don't oh it's like yeah it's it's, i don't oh no we did i'm trying to remember because a dog also gets killed next year and i feel we talked about this like (laughs) it's a lot in the early run of villains who just kill dogs. dogs yeah um I, I don't watch a lot of anime, but the one I do is um is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and that's like that that's, is. I mean, if you're gonna a, watch one, yeah, that's probably the one. Exactly, and like a common trope is that the author will just have the villain like kill a dog, and that's yeah. how you know this is the bad guy, and it happens like several times. Um, he does kill a dog. <laughs> um, I just conferred with Wikipedia, and he, yeah. he does in fact. Well, he lur- Here's what Wikipedia says. He lurks near the property, and the family dog is mysteriously killed. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like the dog shows up dead in like a yes. in like a couple scenes later. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but like, yeah, we get, we definitely get like a, a character that becomes like obsessed with mm-hmm. like our our protagonist. Yeah. Um, like starts like copying them, um, and all that. Um, have the thing you that have, makes her? Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Have you seen the talented Mister Ripley? Me. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite uh, movies. Kenny, one have my, you? One of my very favorite movies. Um, uh, yeah. uh, um, uh. I'm familiar with it, but I don't think I've seen it. Okay, I, I think I don't know if it's like a spoiler to say that like that's kind of what happens in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that like this this one character becomes obsessed with somebody and like tries to essentially like take over their life. This one's a little more like she just wants her to be her friend, less than yeah. like be sort of be. It's sort of sort of a little bit of like she wants to become her with like dyeing the hair and all that. Yes. I think as it goes on, it's more that she wants to become her. It's more that she wants the the kind of life that she has. Um, and one thing I think that, you know, actually does really make her both an effective villain, both in what she is doing, which is so, it, which is so despicable, um, but also makes her so fun to watch, is her, her transformation into um, 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 Bridget Fonda is so good. Like later on when they're in a lot of scenes, I mean, they're in a lot of scenes together throughout the whole thing, but later on when she looks like her and they're in basically every scene together, um, like when she's like holding her prisoner in the, the apartment and stuff, you're like, holy shit, they look so much alike. Yeah, um, I was like getting... stunning. I, yeah, I, I didn't have the best quality footage for this one. And like, yeah, there's times when like, I don't know who's who. And like, that's, I'm assuming that's like kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh, all women look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I did. I was in the in the first scene. I was super confused. I did get like the. I did get like um, uh, Bridget's husband and like her like best friend confused because they were both like shirtless. I was super confused in that scene because <laughs> it like cuts um, to him like listening through to the vent, and I'm like, wait a minute, isn't that the wait what? <laughs> I was really confused. One thing I wanted to say about this one is that. Um, there are some good character actors in this movie. One of them being Stephen Tobolowsky, who plays who an actor yeah. that I love and who is in another one of the nominated films uh, that we'll talk about. Although his role in that one is much smaller, um, but he's great. He plays the the like her uh, uh, Bridget Fonda's client um, uh, who tries to um, assault her. He should have been nominated for best villain, honestly. But he is such yeah. a good actor, and he has so many good stories. If you guys have not ever heard his podcast, um, I don't think it's been. I don't think there's been a new episode in in year, maybe like ten years or something, um, but it's called the Tobolowski Files, and he has such incredible stories, including a few about this movie. Um, but he he rocks. One of my favorite actors. Um, always good to see him. But the other one who made me like really excited is Peter Friedman from freaking Succession um, as her friend Graham Knox. I was really excited. I had no idea he was going to be in it, and I was like, holy shit, it's Frank. That yeah that's all no yeah um yeah you know, steven does like a really good job and like he's like this sort of like skeezy he's like mm-hmm. he like kind of like he like sexually assaults her at work and there's like a scene where like i was yeah. like really weird like oh no are they gonna like redeem him and like he's gonna be like the guy that comes and saves <laughs> the day and i was like what a conflicting message that would send yeah. so <laughs> Luck- a conflicting had... message in a 90s <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Like I was like, I was like, wait, what is he really gonna be like the guy? But luckily, um, uh, Jennifer's character does end up, you know, uh, like getting him. Um, 
uh, I guess the the uh, you know the kind of like in like the villain food chain, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's nasty. Um. Jennifer Jason Lee is really good in this. I'm glad. I'll, I'll reiterate. I'm really glad she won this. That's. It's. It's of the five to me. It, it's the one. It's one of the one. One of the two. I think that are the least like culturally like significant. Like no one really talks about single white female anymore. But I had certainly never seen it. Um. But it's kind of the coolest of the five to me like it's the like and i think part of it is just like i don't know like it's it's it seems like it it seems like people who are voting really were and this is something i like about the mtv movie awards in general it really does seem like people vote for the one they like the most and not the one that's like you know gonna be the best you know like the way so many academy award wins are like yeah i guess it's finally time or like whatever that's that's not this and that that is what makes it such a cool award show is that they really do kind of the picks i'll always kind of feel like oh man that's wild like i guess people just said the like the silent majority just kind of came together for this one and that's uh really cool so yeah a, a cool winner i think yeah it's nice that like the first few years you know we don't have like the the big blockbuster winning though maybe mm-hmm. that backfires when the crush wins the following year but um yeah it but it definitely i think works well in this case and it's it's nice to see this film which i think i i had never seen i, I was aware of like people like oh you know it's like you're trying to single white female me like it became kind of like a cultural touchstone thing but yeah it's not aware what it actually was i'm like oh yeah no this is cool like it's yeah it's a it's a, yeah just a cool win Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah cool movie and, and jennifer jason lee just a really good presence like yeah she's good she's really really good um one of one of my faves honestly she is just like always so incredible um um you know i, I think about like some of her work and in, in um you know across her career and 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 she's just always been like excellent like always been um and and picks cool shit too i mean her 90s is her her 80s is really interesting her 90s is also really cool like she's gonna be in hudsucker proxy um the year after this win which one of my favorite movies another one i love of hers is david cronenberg's david cronenberg's existence like she's just cool she makes she picks cool movies yeah she's gonna be in that new lena dunham film like later this year sharp stick like yeah yeah she's in she's um she and she was just in speaking of like thrillers um she was just in a thriller that i really liked called the woman in the window directed yeah video, woman right? in the window yeah uh, yeah what a movie huh that's it talk about a movie that would probably be nominated for this award if it came out in 1992 which it very well could have <laughs> good movie <laughs> yeah yeah joe joe wright did not Love miss him. with that one and he won't he miss with cyrano uh joe wright imo never missed except for darkest hour a very bad movie that should never have been made look i haven't seen all his films <laughs> um, what's that kenny i haven't seen all of joe wright's films well that one uh, actually i think i've only seen the woman <laughs> in the window i like looked at this but just i mean it's yeah. a great movie that's all that needs to be said yeah. <laughs> well they don't call him joe wrong <laughs> <laughs> this is the third time you've made that joke in a minute yes <laughs> well i know to be fair i made one of them and i and then i gave up on it <laughs> well uh, i guess the important thing is they don't call him joe wrong yeah. <laughs> no we all got this is the rule of threes <laughs> yeah 
Sigoy females were very good though. Really, really. Like yeah. Them. Oh man. Yeah. No, and um, yeah, I think this one. It's definitely. I was definitely like getting really burnt out on this kind of movie. Um, definitely by this yeah. one, given like last year and this year. But I still ended up having like a really good time with this one. Um, and definitely like in terms of like villainy, in terms of like being like a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like ranked really high on that. Um, even if like the, I feel like I, I maybe, I don't know. I want to like formally like make like the axis that I'm thinking of, like kind of write it down and like get a, like a formulized way of actually ranking it. Cause I don't know how someone would get like a 10, 10, like a 10 likability, but also 10, you're horrible. I think that would probably speak more to me than it would to the quality of the villain. Yeah. Um, cause that's like, re- I feel like that's really, really hard. Yeah. Um, to do, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, this one definitely like gets like a really high on like the holy crap you did a bunch of horrible stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, she was lonely. Exactly. Like, can you yeah. really can you really blame her? <laughs> her twin accidentally drowned. It's like... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, yeah, something Ben is doing this season is he's keeping track, like trying to make a list of all the ways that the villains get defeated to see who's kind of, you know, who does it take the most to get. So this one is Screwdriver. Is that what we're accrediting it to? I'm pretty sure it was yeah. it was something like that. Um, this is the first, we're in our second episode and like every single villain died last year. And now <laughs> we have ones that are actually living uh, and not like dying. Well, um, yeah, but I mean, if they were defeated, do they have to die, or can it be in the no. case of like Nicholson, where he goes to prison? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I will, I will okay. track their, their essentially their, um, their epilogues, like what happens to them. Sure. The, where are they now? Um, <laughs> a lot of them dead. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, just... you had asked me, you're like, when do we get to the point where they were there? And I think the first thing I told you was Jurassic Park, which was definitely not true because I already <laughs> seen a few good men. But... <laughs> It was a nice. It was a nice thing to think about, though, that that uh, the T Rex was. It would have been nice if that would have been the first um, live, one that would see see right through to the end. Uh, but no, this week we actually get a couple like that, which is really neat. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. No, it looks like uh, looks like screwdriver would be would be the one. I don't know if I wrote them down last episode, but I'm gonna need to now that I'm keeping track of it. Yeah, who won? Who won last week? It it wasn't De Niro. It's it's the hand I, that I rocks the crate. Yeah. yeah, it's De Mornay. And then I I think I, I just I just had it open like like ten minutes ago after you guys or whenever right after you guys told me the winner. I think it's like ladies for the first three years, right? Isn't Alicia Silverstone next year? Not to spoil. Yes. Sorry, yeah. It's yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh... I wish it was like a and movie then that it wasn't looks the like crush. Another, <laughs> another lady doesn't win for ten years, and it's Davy Chase in the ring. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. That's good. Yeah, I mean, some some women. Oh wow, yeah, they're the we didn't go for a stretch where not a lot of women are getting nominated after Demi Moore for Disclosure. I Just, hate to plan your show with you. Are you guys gonna double up on on the two on the on the the one on the two years where? It's a consecutive winner, which I think is the only time that happens. Are you guys going to double up? Um, I mean, we didn't double up for Twilight episodes. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. I mean, well, because this is a unique winner, though, in 2010 and 2011. I won't spoil it, but. 
Oh, Wait a minute. Yeah. yeah, I mean, are you looking at that? Look at that. It's, I am looking at that. I'm, yeah. Yeah, just a thought. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, sh- you shouldn't. That would be cowardly. Also, I'll be very curious to know what happens when you guys get to fucking um, 2021. Oh, right. Oh, when we have to watch a bunch of TV. <laughs> you guys going to watch yeah. a whole season of The Boys. Oh, man. I, it's, I'll watch I'm, a couple of it. Yeah. Ben, ben was already planning out watching TV The Walking show. Dead. What like, the? F- like, wait, yeah. what the? F- I didn't even realize how bad <laughs> this got. Jesus Christ! It's, I mean, no, no yeah. kisses get nominated for like, or no movies get nominated for best kiss in twenty twenty one. It's yeah, it's oh really movie heavy though. Birds of Prey. At least that one I can go. I'm pretty sure I mean, Birds of Prey is the winner that year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, great, great. Yeah, he, he's so good. Anyway, sorry, I derailed this a lot, but I was very curious. <laughs> no, it's all good. The, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's always fun looking at these uh, looking at these things. Yeah. So, do we have any more sing, single white female stuff, or? I don't think so. It's. I mean, it's really. It's cool. It's good. It's a cool win. Um, I respect it. It's got a great supporting cast. Um, yeah. The ending was reshot, which I find really interesting. I don't. I probably to. I don't know. I. I it feels like the narration that Bridget Fonda has at the end is the thing they added to make it feel like less sad, but you know, um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was reading something about that. I think it's also that like, uh, who, who didn't actually die. There was yeah. like the neighbor or something's revealed to be alive or like, mm-hmm. the... yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, with that, I think we can move on to Batman returns. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, uh, a master. Can I swear on your show? I forgot. I think I already have already. Yes. Yeah. Like fucking masterpiece. <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. One of what? One of my like probably like thirty favorite movies ever. Um, just has has one of my favorite lines in a movie ever. It just it just two several of my favorite performances. Um, my favorite Tim Burton movie. My my favorite comic book movie my my favorite movie um about people who dress in black um my favorite i'm trying to think of more superlatives but i can't um a a perfect movie just humbles me by how good it is um in every sense yeah yeah no i love it but i love it trying to think where this is on my version rankings i think it's number it's either number two or number three like what's what's what would be your your one and maybe two What's your one? Oh, you could probably. Uh, my one is Big Fish, a movie that I find psychotic. I think it's great, but I find it psychotic. But no, I mean, this I, is psychotic too. I watch Big Fish. I'm like, oh my goodness, like I love this thing. And then, yeah. And then I think the other one that's like up there is like Ed Wood. Ed Wood is the one that gives Batman Returns like kind of a run for its money for me, but but not not nearly to the degree that like I don't like yeah it's 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 actually a pretty distant one and two for me with returns is number one um big fish is crazy to me because my dad is like exactly like that and it it sucks as much as it looks oh yeah well, yeah it's... great great dude but it's hard when like it's hard to go places. it's hard to be a kid and go places with your dad and like everybody knows him and you're just like can can we not like be can we not go somewhere in silence can we not go somewhere in peace why does everybody have to fucking talk to you and remind you of something i don't know anyway um this is not therapy <laughs> um great movie though big fish just wait it could be give us money and we'll make a therapy just... i had therapy already today <laughs> i don't want to do it again 
Okay, so um, Bat, yeah, so the Penguin. Uh, this is it's funny because a lot of these films, and when it comes to like rewatching stuff for this podcast, mm-hmm. usually like, well, it depends on the movie and like how well I, I know a thing. I'll say I, yeah, like like if I've seen it within the past year, then it it, it depends. Like I know I just. 1994 is like a lot of movies that I had like seen or like mm-hmm. or at least for the villain ones I'm doing a lot of rewatching because sometimes I'm like oh yeah I'm not sure how well I remember like the villain performance in this like in mm-hmm. the, like next year in the line of fire I'm like do I remember Malkovich in that really and then I watch I'm like oh no yeah I'm glad I rewatched yeah. this yeah. Batman Returns I just kind of I did not rewatch for this just because I don't really need to because like in my head like I can just think yeah Penguin I know exactly what that performance is it's insane it's great like it's it's and it's so different than the comic version too or at least at that point it's so different than what we're used to from uh, the Penguin in the comics he is like a mob boss he is classy he's like he's like a player on the streets of Gotham and he is a monster in this just absolutely grotesque and it's such a good inversion of, of the guy that, that, that people would have known from the comics um, or not quite at that point, but in the, the Batman animated series, which, which starts um, uh, very close to when this movie comes out. But yeah, uh, an inc- it's such a good take on the character. Yeah. And like in a couple of weeks, we're going to get a more traditional version of the penguin. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, as traditional as Colin Farrell looks insane. I like, don't even know that. I think it, I, I think, well, first off, I hear he's not going to be in it that much, but I also, I just bought my Batman tickets today. I can't wait. Um, um, my, sorry, I just bought my The Batman tickets today. I can't wait. Um, I, I, that's the thing about it, though. Like, he doesn't look that traditional. Traditional would be, like, the umbrella and, and the top hat and everything. I don't, I can't tell what this guy is doing, and I really, I love that. I can't wait. I'm so fucking excited. Um, anyway, um, yeah, he's... DeVito is so good. Um, I, 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 I gotta say, I will say real quick, one, one, one thing is that I do think there's a world where Pfeiffer can also get nominated and is also, or, or, or is there instead of him? Um, I do think that she is the protagonist of this movie. Um, but I also think that in a very traditional term, she's also one of the villains, of course. Um, I do think there's a world where she fits here really well. I respect that she's not here, but uh, but it, it wouldn't be awful. Um, um, but for as far as like purely traditional villains, yeah, Devito is the guy. Although really, he's also a victim of um, of Gotham City and the, and the evils of capitalism. Um, and really, Max Shrek, I think, is the the ultimate villain here. Yeah, um, if we were going like strictly with who's like the full on villain, then it would be like Walken, though. Right, like, but he's yeah. not. He doesn't like. He's not as gross, you know, like physically. He's not like. He, he doesn't like he's not a nasty little monster who who's all slimy and she he, he's not the one who there's a line that devito has that i love um that i think really sums up like what we're talking about here um when he meets um when he meets max shrek and he says you're a well-respected monster and i to date am not and it's such a good line like like and really truly acknowledges that like yeah this corruption is like 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 seeped throughout the city it's not just the penguin he just represents like the lowest part of it visually you know but it's like in every corner of gotham city it's like the most corrupt gotham city's ever been on screen and it's so good but yeah and 
It's int- it's interesting, like you mentioned that. Oh yeah, it's weird that it's kind of just De- Devito here because um, a lot of Batman movies get nominated for best best villain. I think like the only kind of live action one that mm-hmm. doesn't is like yeah. Batman and Robin, and then I mean to the extent that like Batman versus Superman is a Batman movie, that one's yeah. like well they're either, but like. You know, for forever they nominate both Carly, Carrie and Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. and then Bat- Dark Knight Rises, Bane and Talia Al Ghul both get there. You know, I will I will say here, I got very 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 close to asking for Forever Year, um, because um, Forever is is what is another one of my favorites. Um, and then you saw the I, winner, and you said, well, oh, so do the, I want well, to talk yes, about Kevin Spacey? And then the other thing Just... is, I've always wanted to, I've never seen Casino all the way through, just seen Bits and Pieces on TV, and Broken Arrow is one of those blind spots that I really, really want to get to. Um, but yes, I did see who the winner was, and I decided I have talked about enough controversy <laughs> on Past the Golden Popcorn. Um, it's time to take a more, a, a simpler year, so... Yeah, um, then you immediately <laughs> claimed you, like, created the no- novel coronavirus in the well, first five you minutes know, of this podcast. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, someone um, had to. <laughs> yeah, some, someone, had to yeah. someone had to make it. Anyway, just wanted to say, I got it was really, really close for me because I love Forever. However, I also think that would have been a longer episode than this one's going to end yeah. up being because I have more to say about Forever than I do about Returns, even though Returns is one of my favorite movies. Um yeah, but, but yeah, B- Ben, you said returns worked better for you this time. I'm having... Yeah, I yeah, feel like I, I was. Yeah, I was. I think I just like clicked with it more. Um, yeah, I felt like early on, especially if like I think Batman Returns probably would have been like I probably would have watched it closer to the end. And I feel like I would just be so burnt out, and also mm-hmm. like it was like the tenth movie I would have seen, like not watching barely anything. So like I didn't have like an eye for anything. Um, I just. I absolutely enjoyed this one. I think it definitely has a pretty slow beginning because the things I love the most about it are like the camp, uh, yeah. 100%. I feel like it takes a little while to get there, but I would see people that would enjoy that sort of build up. Um, every single scene with the goons is my favorite scene ever with like yeah. the circus goons. They mm-hmm. are, um, they are hysterical. Um, mm-hmm. I absolutely, uh, adored it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think you you hit you touched on this earlier in the podcast, but yeah, this is definitely like it's it's a Batman movie really in name only. It's more about yeah. literally everybody else but Batman, yeah. yes. which is awesome. I think that as we go forward, and I have a suspicion that the Pattinson movies are going to end up doing something like this too. I suspect that they will become more ensemble-y as time goes on. Um, uh, I re- I really do, and I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah um ben did you like the penguins too like the penguins plural oh like the, i love the little penguin guys that was yeah. awesome did you, did you like when they had a little funeral for the penguin when he died that was my oh that was probably it's, my favorite part of the movie so uh, when, they, when they just saw because it's like it's goofy but it's also just a really yeah. somber moment it just it is it's really sad you feel it's, for yeah, them. it's such a it's such a ridiculous scene that has such gravitas like it's yeah. amazing it's it's like the part in return of the jedi when when luke holds a private funeral for his father and he burns him and his father who's a war criminal and and the most evil force throughout the galaxy and he knows nobody else is going to attend but him 
um and you and you feel it in that moment that's kind of what the penguins are but to like less of them maybe less <laughs> less of them than that. <laughs> much just like, like I, walks throughout that funeral too it's like right it's like the well the penguins yep, nope. are cooler than the ewoks although i love ewoks too <laughs> but i just really you feel it you you feel for their little funeral and you're just like oh their their dad is dead that sucks it's great He's so, I mean this in like the most loving way possible because Danny DeVito is like a hero. He's Danny DeVito. I love him so much. He is so gross in this movie and it, and like, I can't imagine what it had to take to like get to the point where he does in this movie, but man, he just goes for like every bit of it. He's so, so good and nasty and great and slimy and perfect. I just, he's, I love him. Yeah, this might be the most grotesque Danny DeVito has ever gotten, which is impressive because as it's always sunny in Philadelphia has progressed, it always just finds new things to, like, throw at his character. I do think that at this point, always sunny has gotten him, like, nastier than than this, but I do think that uh, in a film, it's definitely this. Like, I can't think of anything that 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 goes as hard as this one does in the gross factor Hmm. yeah um you know i think yeah i think this movie is definitely like really good um i feel like it's villainy does sort of get um a little like a little like lower just because um he's like pulling like double duty with christopher walken or like kind of um a little bit uh triple duty um so I want to make sure. Oh yeah, I am Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at the name Pfeiffer. earlier, and like the, I, my brain just couldn't like get the last name. I was like, "Who is this person?" Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, and like, yeah, she's she's also like like a quasi villain in this movie, in that she's like mm-hmm. kind of a force against the protagonist. So yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. But like, I feel like it all like works, you know. But it definitely does. Like, the penguin definitely does feel like he gets like. He does. I think he probably gets like the most screen time, but it's also being like split between, um, like Michelle and Christopher as well. Yeah, it, this is an interesting case for like Catwoman because, especially in in the especially in recent years in the comics where like Batman and like Catwoman are literally married, it is something where like she's become much less of a villain and more of like. And more of, if not a full-on heroic character, then at least like kind of an a- anti-hero. And you know that's sort of what that's sort of the version we get in Dark Knight Rises. And yeah. it definitely looks like it's the version we're getting in the Batman. But so it is interesting to just kind of see like Michelle Pfeiffer's character who has like kind of a bit more of an edge to her. And mm-hmm. like as much as I'm looking forward to like Zoe Kravitz Catwoman, like yeah, like. Well, Fiverr's doing like a really good, a good job here. Um, yeah, yeah. Do we have anything more to say on the uh, Batman and his returnings? You know, I was gonna save, I was gonna save this for the end, but I, uh, I, 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 I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it while, I, while I'm feeling the heat. Um, one of the all-time great lines in a movie for me, one of the best lines ever, truly, is said by the Penguin, um, and it's when he and batman are, are having their chase and he said and batman penguin says you gotta admit i played the stinking city like a harp from hell it's so good i just oh, yeah perfect. 
It's the a pain. incredible yeah. line. He does get like a lot of good like little quips in there when he's interacting like with Batman. Yeah. Um, like when he's driving his car and he's like, I hope this isn't a bad time, but I don't have my learner's permit. <laughs> it's just really good. <laughs> I love I just I just love it. It's it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Also, oh, especially when you're saying that, like, he has to share the spotlight. Like, we, it can't be over, like, over, like, stated that, like, the Penguin's ultimate plan is just just Pied Piper, the children of mm-hmm. Gotham. Like, yeah, he's going to drown all like mm-hmm. the firstborn sons in <laughs> Gotham. Yeah. That, that's another favorite line. I got okay. I got two. I got two other favorite lines here. One when he says, "The time has come to punish all of God's children." <laughs> it's so good, and then. Of course, of course, um, of course. Um, when he says in 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 reference <clears throat> in reference to Catwoman, um, he says, "Just the pussy I've been looking for." <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, also, nasty. Could yeah. you imagine Marvel having do, doing anything approaching that? God. Anyway, oh jeez. Yeah. No. Ah, oh, I feel like. I can't remember if there's anything like that even in like the because i think i watched like the really old captain america and like mm-hmm. i don't even think there's anything in that i don't think he, there's like there's like i don't even think he really has like a romantic person he's just kind of his who he is no, um yeah there's such a funny scene in the captain america movie though when like he like he turns on like the the silencer on his bike so it makes no yeah. noise and it's just clearly just cut all the audio from the movie for a couple seconds yeah um here's this is a real diversion but ben you bring up that captain america that i i I watched a lot as a kid um but that was directed by a guy who was in the news this week a a filmmaker that i i I have not seen nearly enough of um but it's a guy named albert pion who is like that's p-y-u-n who is like really well loved in kind of the the schlock uh uh, like action uh especially like underground action like like dtv um movies and especially stuff in the 80s really well loved he was in the news this week because he's been um having some um some health troubles and things and and all that but he is um i i definitely having that movie the captain america movie kind of come back into my brain this week because of him being in the news and it seems like he's doing okay now um but um and you mentioning it now i think i'm gonna do a deep dive of all of his movies just because they look great albert pyun p-y-u-n um and that captain america movie we had that on vhs um also he has directed like 50 movies which is really cool anyway just side note for anyone listening who might be thinking boy i really wish that i could watch a movie called um one second captain america Um, yeah or or uh brain smasher a love story you know just just some just some of his films yeah yeah also starring andrew dice clay (laughs) (laughs) and terry hatcher yeah Great, uh, great and, um, yeah, no, I'm glad we got a little bit of information about um, Albert, but like, I think it's, I think I'm actually talking about a different one. Are um, you? That's so funny. It's the, it's the one that, um, I don't, the first one I think is just called Captain America, but the sequel is called Death Too Soon, which I have not yeah, yeah, watched yeah, yeah, yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the ones, yeah, yeah. I think, I think starring, Albert's. Um, starring um, freaking um, J.D. Salinger's son as Captain America, unless we're talking about a, di- well, no. It might have been even one. a different one. All I remember is the yeah, guy who I, plays Captain America, like, can act, but, like, I'm glad he's pretty. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> he, is, yeah. he, is a, he is a himboed and all himbos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all I had to say about Batman Returns yeah. and other things. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a superhero talk we get to have. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I forget we were on this up last time. I think the last thing there is, it's really funny. Again, it, it ages interesting. Like, it shows how optimistic the 90s were. Mm-hmm. That, like, the weight of the defeat, like, the un- uncouth, clearly not qualified, like, mayoral candidate is to, like, leak his own awful comments out. Yeah. Like, you're watching that, you're like, man, what a simpler time this was. I, I mean, that's why I'm not going to get in trouble for saying that I invented the coronavirus. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'll, never, I'll never get in trouble. No, um, You'll never get in trouble. No one will, uh, no one will ever yell uh, at you for this. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's just, oh, man. Oh, what was I watching the other day? Um you know, uh, this podcast um, does not endorse Trump in any way, um, but he had, but... He, he said some of the funniest things ever, like telling, <laughs> like telling, like saying to the Pope that ISIS wants you for like my. Like, I think the interview was interview was like I think it was um, Cuomo actually. <laughs> he's like the Pope's wagging his finger at you, and he's like ISIS wants you. <laughs> Just what an insane guy. I, I mean, um, it's true. I mean, I, 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 he's gonna have to die for me to feel like fully like cleansed, um, on yeah. board with 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 you know be, have, finding joy um, in in some of his his old tweets. Um, but I do whenever someone, whenever one of the old Trump tweets uh, accounts, which there's ones old Trump tweets with a Z. Um, <laughs> There's one that got retweeted into my feed the other day, and I'm going to read it on the air. Um, the shirts and ties at Macy's are so good, beautiful, and do so well that guys like the one that sued me wrongly won a piece. I kicked his ass. <laughs> that's, listen, 20, that's April 21st, listen, 2013. Bad president. I don't know what the fuck he's saying. Listen, bad president, uh, bad policies. Uh, probably bad man. Bad, bad man funniest tweets ever um, yeah i mean th- truly, like i mean when, yeah. his, when his account got deleted there was a part of me that was like i mean i get it i really do I, I, I don't see what more damage it can do honestly but i was like man i really hope that all of these are not gone and like i said when he dies we i would buy a book fully, i would buy a book cleansed. of some of the funnier ones <laughs> his account got yeah. banned you're like i guess i guess <laughs> all the comedy boom that the trump years brought is over now <laughs> God, it's gonna be so funny. good for comedy Think if about he wins. How good comedy is gonna be. Think about how good rap's gonna be. Like Jesus. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh man. Yeah, but um. Yeah. Don't you remember how good art was during the Bush administration? It's like, don't you remember the Bush administration? Like it's... Oh man. But yeah, to sort of um, you know, to get uh, to sort of shift away from politics, um. Let's talk about a cop that abuses his power to uh, terrorize civilians. That was um, a good segue, Ben. That was really good. Unlawful entry. <laughs> cool. I, a fine movie. Yeah. 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 I'll say this is a movie where Jack sent me a DM where he's like, oh, it's like, it's interesting for a thing that they didn't bring in the black suspect immediately. Like, this... I mean, yes. Yeah. Like, yes. They, it is. It is wild to me that Ray Liotta's character, um, so the setup for the film, for anyone listening who hasn't seen it, um, is that Kurt Russell, who's very good in this, playing sort of like a dweeb, um, he he and his wife get robbed one night, um, and, this, and the, the man who does it is black, and um, 
and Ray Liotta's character is a cop who who is on who was like initial initially on the case, and he and uh, Kurt Russell become buds, and he's like, "Hey, Kurt, I can get you this guy," and he's like, "What?" And they go find him, and and Ray Liotta like beats him up, and I'm just like, "There's no fucking there in no world." Does a cop know who who did this robbery and this person is black and they they just don't arrest him in no world like not in America, absolutely not. Um, the one the one unrealistic thing that a police person that a police officer does in this movie, um, is is that thing. That's all I gotta say. No, this movie is like a, it's again it's another sort of one of those. Um, it's like kind of like a thriller in that it's someone mm-hmm. it's someone just coming in and trying to like ruin your life um i think this i think this is um oh no that's right i i was about to say like i think this is the first you know guy we've seen do it but no cape fear was totally about that Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah like definitely this is very it's a very equal opportunity role at least for the time being in this era um but yeah it's just it's i feel like it's supposed to sort of um just supposed to like it's sort of supposed to be like more like a realistic thriller because, like, in real life, like, the odds that you're going to come across, like, a serial killer um, are, like, are like really low. You're not going to come across Candyman tomorrow. But, yeah. like, the odds that you might come across, like, like a bad cop or, like, a... Or just someone that just can make your life, like, worse. Um, it's just, it's just yeah. really scary. There's a little... There's, like, a little subtlety there that's yeah. just really unnerving. Um, yeah, it's yeah, just... And- yeah, it's definitely something I'm playing on those things, and I think it's interesting too is like Leota's character, like uh, it it is similar to those to those films, you know, like Hand That Rocks the Cradle, like Single White mm-hmm. Female, whatever. But the interesting thing there is like Re- Leota's intentions aren't initially like malignant, like he's not right. coming into their life intending to inflict harm. It's just he gets like obsessed and starts. And like then, of, yeah. the beating kind of shows us. Oh, he's not the most stable person, and it just kind of escalates from there. Yeah, so. I like. I, yeah, I really like that. Even in like the first scene, just by like the way, um, the way that he looks at like, um, uh, is it Ma- Mandolin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Mandolin uh, Stow Stow's uh, character Karen. It's the way that he looks at her, like you can immediately tell, like that he is he is enamored in some way yeah um and that, that's really neat and like um yeah and this yeah it's just sort of it's just yeah just again this movie sort of playing off that thriller but like someone in a very like high position that has like a lot of like connections and like ways to mess with you yeah. um yeah like much like like cape fear much like the hand the rocks yeah. cradle and i'm um a little bit like basic instinct that we'll talk right. about later yeah. Ben, I have to be really honest with you. A second ago, when you said mandolin, um, I thought that that was the name of um, Madeline Stowe's character. It's Madeline. And I was I, like, that's how little she registers for me in this movie, <laughs> is that I thought you thought her, I thought you were suggesting her name was Mandolin. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, Madeline. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be that would be great. Um, um, she's good in this. It's she's she's kind of weirdly for me like almost as unlikable as leota in some ways um and unlikable in the sense of like and i don't need a character to be likable likable at all but the fervor with which she um responds to the news that they've found the suspect who broke into their home and is just like yeah why didn't you kick his ass i'm just like jesus christ like 
read read something about the the prison system please <laughs> like good lord don't uh, be so fucking excited about this yeah like i mean i don't have an issue with her character though i'll say i think yeah the, the the part of the film where i was watching where i was most engaged was like mm-hmm. when kurt russell's hanging out with ken lerner like the lawyer yeah. who is like helping him at that point i'm like and I'd watch a movie that's just the two of these two guys going yeah, up to something. Really yeah, he's, I like he's, how, he's very very good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, he's like I don't know. I I I like that he's like really. I, I assume they're like really good like friends because like he's like yeah. selling so much stuff to get his bail and like to get him out. Um, like kind of near the end of the movie. Yeah, no. You know, I'm, I was kind of surprised that this was um, Leota's only nomination in this category because he's got some good villains i mean it's it's obviously earlier than the category is invented but his his villain uh turn in something wild uh jonathan did me something wild is really um incredible um but then um he is um pardon me um um god there's a there's another one that i i'm it's like it's close god i cannot think of what it is but but there's another really good villain that he's got um since the uh category was created that like is not outside the realm of possibility um and i truly cannot remember what it is but but yeah um i love i mean i love leota he's he's one of my favorite actors and um i've been really enamored um by some of the choices that he's made uh, the last couple years um yeah he's he's just excellent um but this is like i don't know i think of the four movies that 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 are in the category or of, of of the five this is probably the first one I choose to drop just because, like we've said, Ben, it's so similar to Single White Female in terms of, like, just tone mm-hmm. and what kind of villain it is. Like, I, I respect having a cop being in the um, in the, in the uh, Poor Choice Awards, but in the lineup um, with these with these five. But it's not the most remarkable Leota performance, even though he is, you know, he's a character actor, he's reliable, he's real good. Um, but it's just not the one that I like would have chosen first, I think, you know, for this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, hmm, I'm trying to think, cause I know I, I'm trying to think, cause yeah, it's, it's kind of tough because I mm-hmm. feel like, cause I watched this one before single white female. So I, I yeah. sort of, I feel a little bit like the opposite, um, but that might just be because of the order I watched sure. them in um might have like done me in like that um and also just because like i feel like he's like i really like the sort of hand that rocks the cradle style thing where like it's just setting up a bunch of stuff that makes the protagonist look crazy and like just leaving no paper trail like just being able just to cause cause like silent havoc um for this one person that like is just in like yeah, but like no, I definitely it in single white female are definitely like part of like a very similar genre in this one. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll say like Leona's guy might be the first villain who actively frames our like protagonist for a crime. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, like he well it won't be the last for certain, but like it's just like planning drugs and like. It's something where, yeah, I agree, you can probably cut this one, but it is interesting that, you know, because it is just such, like, he is kind of like a mundane villain. It's like, oh, here's a cop, and he's bad. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate, like, um, the things of, like, uh, like how he'll, like, he'll literally, like, kill his partner. Um, yeah. And then, like, yeah. be, like, crying, and, like, fake crying in, like, the next scene. Um, mm-hmm. And then using those drugs to then plant in the protagonist. 
Yeah. Um, and just little like little things like that, and like it, and he definitely does get like way more unhinged near the end once like all of like the lies like stop oh, working. Nuts, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, hundred yeah. percent. And I'll say it is like a good moment at the end where like he yeah where he's not expecting that Kurt Russell's gonna just shoot him. Yeah. Like he's like tauntingly asking all this stuff, and then he just yeah. shoots him. And you just see in his eyes where it's like, what? No, just. <laughs> Man, I, I I um I watched that happen in a show recently, um, Top of the Lake, a show that I that I've seen before. But there's a couple of instances of 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 cops just like just shooting without thinking, where which I is very well. Kurt Russell's not a cop, but like, um, I, whenever someone does that, I don't get I don't get secondhand embarrassment um from movies and stuff like if i watch like an indie comedy from the last like 15 years or so um those are usually like all about like secondhand embarrassment that audiences feel for characters i don't really get that often but whenever someone does like shoot someone preemptively in a show or movie without much like someone who like is not like doing it because like they intend intended murder on the way you know it's like like kurt russell's character probably doesn't intend that but he just does it and i'm just like it feels really real to me yeah. because like you hear all these stories of it not to get not to get like super real but it does you know you you hear all these stories about how like one of the things that happens with gun violence is that like people can't just can't fucking control themselves when they're holding something with a trigger and they pull it and i'm like you know it happened in this this episode of top of the lake i was watching last night it happens in this with kurt russell and and it's that's something that actually gives me the heebie-jeebies i hate guns I hate, like yeah. i hate them i hate being near them i hate I, you know, like, I've, I've, I've never had the desire to go to, like, a gun range or anything. And part of it is because, like, who can truly say they wouldn't, like, absolutely, like, just completely lose control of that one muscle in a second? And, you know, it's it's scary shit to me. And and that moment, I think, is played really well by, by Kurt Russell because he's, he's probably going to be in a f- lot of fucking trouble, even though Leota was, like, fucking with him. After that, he's probably going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Um, outside of the world of the movie, you know? Yeah, the film ends with, like, the police showing up, and, again, because this is the 90s, it's not presenting that as, like, right. an inherently negative thing, but, right. you know, from a thing in, like, brotherhood of, like, police and just all, all the stuff there, like, even if they have evidence, like, it's not like yeah. he's just gonna get off the hook for shooting yep. Leota. Like, yeah. No, and, like, uh, I totally, I totally get that feeling. Um, I think in one of the, the cult of Chucky movies, there's, like, a scene mm-hmm. where, like, a character, like, is, like, holding a knife and, like, walking through the house, and they just accidentally, like, stab their mom. And I, yeah. it, oh, it just, it causes such cringe. Like, oh, it just makes me, my heart sink, because I'm, like, it's just such a scary, like, just in an instant. And I feel like with a gun, that's, like, tenfold. Yeah. Well, I guess we're not submitting this episode to the NRA Media Awards. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real thing. There goes thing. half our fan base. I'm sure that I'm sure that it's I'm sure it's real. I'll find out. Yeah. I'll find out and send it to him. Don't worry. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Just this. Uh, do we have any more any more thoughts on unlawful entry? Don't think so. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to. Um, hey, Cap. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. It's yeah, time I should've, for. Should have said that up front. <laughs> it's time for us to upgrade from an officer to a colonel. Um, Colonel Nathan R. Jessup. Um, yeah. I'm an officer and a you know, gentleman. Yeah, I'm snapping uh, in honor of your transition. Yeah, yeah, and to moving on to Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. Yeah, a movie that Jack Nicholson is not in that much of. No, he sure is not. And I will say also, I. 
you know what i lied i think i would drop him before i would drop leota <laughs> actually yeah because like it's um, not that yeah it's not that he does like a bad job like his his no, his he's scene he's jack he's good but he has like two scenes they're both great and he has like no, the yeah. iconic scene like the you need yeah, me on I mean, that that's wall what kenny and i were talking i messaged kenny about this and kenny was like yeah i mean like you know it's got the monologue but there's all this other stuff too and like he's kind of the least important member of the cast like yeah this is an incredible ensemble that he is like a very good part of but like ben you you've been talking about like about the things that make a villain like are they are like like are they doing horrible things and also are they like engaging to watch and he's it's a great performance because he's a great actor but like he is <sighs> it's it, this is kind of rote for him honestly like the thing that makes him an effective villain in this way is more that like it's this horrible thing that he has condoned um and asked for it consumes everyone else around him but that doesn't necessarily make him a particularly effective villain and he really is just kind of nominated for the one monologue you know yeah like definitely like like kevin bacon has way more villain screen time than he does yeah um yeah well, Kevin Bacon's like not really a villain by the end, but it's he's a lawyer. Yeah, I mean, this is a movie about like shades of gray and stuff, but it's 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 I don't yeah, know. But, I personally, but like, I'd give it to Sutherland before I give it to like Nicholson. Yeah. I think. Just... I mean, I will say too that I think um, this was I had never seen this before. This is one of the few Sorkin written things that I had not seen. Never seen it before. Never read this. Never read it. I've uh, never seen any version of it. I don't think it really gets produced anymore on stage because it was a play originally, of course. But I, I, I will say that it's funny watching Tom Cruise in like the first half of this because he's kind of the ultimate expression of everything that people have come to resent Aaron Sorkin for. Um, he is full of himself. He's a hotshot. He, he doesn't. He, he like he, he is full of himself. Um, thinks he's got the, the last word on on every topic. Huge asshole great role for tom cruise and that's not i'm not being you know coy or, or, or cheeky there great role for him he is such a dick um and it is so funny that he got nominated for most desirable male for this role like yeah very 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 funny it's interesting this is the first tom cruise thing we're covering for the podcast um that's it, funny yeah and it's only gonna be a last he never got I nominated for best kiss are you you're kidding me Sorry, that is me being cheeky. <laughs> yeah, He's such no, a good kisser, and he does it all the time. Yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly, just no, no kissing from from the cruise band. But he's hearing this, and then he gets his own best villain nomination in a couple years of interview with the vampire. Um, yeah, insane. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's funny because it is like a good Tom Cruise role, and it's it's one that I mean. It kind of reminded me a bit of what he's sort of doing in Edge in the beginning of Edge of Tomorrow, where he's mm -hmm. just just so full of himself at first, and like just you know, as much as like I think Tom Cruise, there's the image of him, you know, in the Mission Impossible movies as oh yeah, he's like the her heroic guy. It is interesting when you watch these roles where you're like, oh yeah, he can be a bit of a sleaze sometimes, yeah. especially in like the beginning, and you're nasty, yeah. nasty in this movie. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, this this movie, like, yeah, again, like, the villain is just not a huge part of it. Um, he sort of has, like, his, like, he's, like, sort of, like, the linchpin of the climax, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. Like, I don't think this movie would be as good 
um, or even like close to as good as it is now without that scene. Um, also, like I don't know, I I feel like um, I feel like sort of like court dramas, kind of like this, and I think also like um, a time to kill. I don't know, they're just sort of just like it's just sort of it's like uh it's like a form of asmr um to like to like have them like refute like uh, some claims made and then like give like their big speech at the end to the jury um and all that like it's i don't know it's just it's one of those things where like it's just sort of just pleasing it's just sort of like a nice little it's like comfort food um i really like that about like sort of court i guess like or uh dramas i mean yeah i'll say this court case is a lot less like low stakes than the a time to kill court case yeah um, but but like it it is interesting because i had seen this movie before mm-hmm. i did not remember mu- much of it so when i was watching I'm like oh yeah like i think the, the idea of the code red like if you've never seen a scene a few good men and they're just familiar with the scene it's the idea that it's to it's the idea it's about this it's basically a courtroom drama about this mm-hmm. weak marine who he's broken chain of command and he's trying to get like transferred and people are advocating against transferred but instead yeah. but instead like kind of kind of the yeah like the Nicholson character you know tells to yeah orders his platoon commander to train him and soon he dies with what some with what some people believe is an extra ju- judicial punishment called a code red order, which yeah. what Demi Moore believes, and it's about Tom Cruise essentially being brought in to like de- defend the two, yeah, d- defend the two people who are like being held responsible for for this, and increasingly, yeah. you know, not taking it seriously at first, and then kind of coming around to it in the classic Sorkin terms. Until he, till he gets to the point where he's able to get Nicholson on the stand and is able to essentially trick him into confessing that he he did in fact order this co- code red and but it, yeah. it is funny when you're looking at things where, where you're like what are they defending it for for like a code red is just an interesting concept I think for like a movie because it's yeah because that's again something that just seems like a military military thing like. And a bit more complicated than if it was just oh yeah a, a full on murder like uh. right you know I will say about this movie is that I, I really do I, I mentioned this I love the supporting cast is an actor that I don't think has ever registered for me before he's one of the two guys who's actually on trial his name is Wolfgang Bodison um, he's the one who's not played by James Marshall from well Twin Peaks which you guys haven't seen um, um but he's the one who has a bit more screen time um, he's great he had never acted before and he was offered the role by Reiner. Um, by Rob Reiner, the director, because uh, Wolfgang Bodison was the location manager for the movie, and Reiner was like, "Have you ever acted before?" And he's like, "No." And he's like, "You wanna?" And he's like, "Sure." He got the job. Very cool. He's great in the movie. Wow, he's new got a, girls, he, Rob Reiner. He gets to um, yell in Tom Cruise's face. Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, and yeah, and I'll say like the the movie's interesting, and I like a good courtroom drama. I do like the end where after like or after Jack Nicholson's big villainous meltdown at the end when like he gets ordered out of the courtroom and then Kevin Bacon's like so those two witnesses you called because 
his whole gambit at the end is he's going to prove that there was indeed like a flight and they that got removed from the logs that they could have put this person on yeah on before there and he's gonna call these two people so he's like what he's like so what were they gonna say he's like i believe they were gonna say they didn't know anything about any flight that night that happened <laughs> like it's like the, the classic oh i had nothing but i bluffed my way into getting like what i wanted but yeah yeah also i'll say as much as like nicholson is not a factor into this like again the monologue is very like good it's iconic for a reason yeah yeah and it ends with a thing where like you kind of believe that maybe he is gonna try and like just Mm -hmm. attack everyone in the courtroom like it's i don't know it's it's i mean it's i think it's really i mean it's it's a good movie i will probably never watch it again i think unless i'm like in i can't think of a scenario in which i would but um yeah i mean it's just in in this context like watching it um uh in observance of of the best villain of of the films of 1992 like kind of was the one that prompted me to make make my alternate list because i'm just like how the fuck do you not nominate gary oldman as dracula in this if for for, over over nicholson or or tony todd as Candyman, or again like gene hackman like it's there are so many good ones this year but i get it a few good men was like this this massive hit i mean like huge hit um, so I get it, I get it, I get it. And it won Best Film, didn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah, it won, yeah. Be- won Best Film. Yeah, Gary Oldman, surprisingly, I think the only nomination he got for Dracula was Best Kiss. Like, the- Crazy. I mean, I get it, I get it, but, you know, crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know. Did Unforgiven get anything? Uh, no, no. Un- Insane. Yeah. I mean, Insane. it's possible that, like, Clint Eastwood's big moody western wasn't something they thought was gonna be I mean, on what's, there. What's more MTV than that? Oh, it's funny. I'm like, maybe like Unforgiven was too much, and then I'm looking where it's like Denzel Washington won Best Male Performance for Malcolm X. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, the other Best Movie nominees that A Few Good Men beat out: Aladdin, Basic Instinct, The Bodyguard, and Malcolm X. Oh, so they those can, are all in best film. So they can so, rec- well, yeah, they can recognize Aladdin for best film, but not for best villain. Insane. Jafar makes that film. I look well. Okay, Robin Robin Williams makes it. I'm sorry, sorry, Robin. But but I mean, whatever. He's dead. He doesn't care. But Jaf- Jafar. I mean, he's Jafar. I don't understand. I'm flat. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so strange that they would. Yeah, they would acknowledge it there, but like. That's weird. What yeah. a strange Yeah, one, one of those cases yeah. where it should be so close, and yet it's Jafar. It's... Yeah, honestly, <laughs> fuck Colonel Nathan Jessup. Uh, he's not Jafar. I, I have no time for him. I'm no fan of him. What, what if Jafar gives that, like, last speech <laughs> in the end? Cool. Imagine Jafar in any of these roles. Like, he's, this one, he's telling Jasmine a lot into street, street rides, like, you can't handle the truth. Just like... That's not a good Jafar Imagine, imagine him saying, you can't handle the truth, Prince Abubu. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great. Oh. oh, man. Yeah. Any any closing statements on A, a Few Good Men? Um, yeah, or... John Goodman's not in this, and... I have always, I've always thought that if I one on the list of podcasts that I would love to make, if I if all I did was make podcasts, is a show that's exclusively about John Goodman, 
and his films called of course a few good men's <laughs> well if you if we ever find him on this list because he was a john badman um it's the only way he's shown i don't think he shows up here once though <laughs> yeah but uh yeah. yeah oh sorry um john 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 goodman and it's funny you bring it up because i'll say he he's not in he's not in any of the films on on this list but He's in a film that's similar to one of the fil- films in in this list. Uh, that I guess we'll we'll talk. Maybe I'll t- talk about more it when we get to the time because it makes more then. But he but he plays kind of the partner in a movie about a man about like a kind of on edge pol- police detective investigating a murder case where he starts to fall in love with the prime suspect, a sea of love. Oh yeah, I, man! I haven't seen that movie in a long time. That's a good movie. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I love Sea of Love, and I was and I had watched that. I think after I seen Basic Instinct, which this was my way of it's not as good as a Ben transition, but if we want to get into Basic Instinct, a mm-hmm. movie where the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is good, and then when I rewatched it for this, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, no, this is great. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, um. Yeah, the uh, the thing I wanted to start this episode with, but then realized we <laughs> actually have like a format. Um, yeah, no, I yeah I I I thought this movie was like really enjoyable. I think it's a movie. It's it's a villain movie where I feel like nobody's like a good person. Um, no, it's just it's not yeah, at all. It's, not it's, even a little. It's bit. bad people and worse people. Um, even Genie like Triple Horn, um, you think is maybe gonna be like is maybe gonna be like a good is is gonna maybe be like the the one moral light in this film and then even though even then she's like oh no she's kind of awful too yeah it is just the the classic film film about like just two terrible people who are bad together but they can't resist like Uh -uh. it's no and man it's um something that i think is really um appealing about this movie to me and i will say it's not a movie i really like all that much i although i do like watching it if if that makes sense um but of paul verhoeven's like american works you know he's, he's made this after robocop and total recall he's got showgirls and starship troopers and hollow man you know all after this this is the one of all those that kind of works the least for me, even with Hollow Man, which is not a movie that people really like all that much. Um, this one is kind of the one of those, especially if you put it next to like Robocop and Starship Troopers and Showgirls, a movie I think is a masterpiece. You look at it next to all those and it's like this one is like really it's just kind of like lightning in a bottle. You're watching it because you want to watch like as you guys have said, like these these two incredible performers like do incredible work and this director just like make insane choice after insane choice it's not that it's like an empty movie but it's like just a very temporary pleasure um i never i never think about it when i you know but i think about like robocop a lot i think about starship troopers a lot you know it's like it's 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 kind of like empty calories um but it's still so enjoyable and she's great in it. But again, we kind of have it. We kind of have a villain who ultimately feels like she's not in it as much as she should be. I don't know if you guys feel that way, but I feel like she should be in it just a little bit more than she actually is. You know? Um, yeah. I, I think, I think she's 
in it a decent amount. I think, yeah, I think I enjoy this movie. I think one of yeah. this movie's kind of, um, I don't know if it's like intentional, but like one thing that I think my uh-huh. one, one more main issue is that it feels like the movie's just like looping sometimes. Um, yeah. It's just, I feel like we just get too many scenes that are like the exact same scene, just like repeating until like the climax. Um, mm-hmm. Which is like, it's like neat for like certain things, but it definitely, it's definitely a movie I don't really need to rewatch again because um, I kind of got everything out of it. But like, still, like, very yeah. enjoyable experience. But that would sort of be my problem with it. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I feel like she's not in it a lot, but I feel like that's because Sharon Stone's supposed to be sort of like more like mysterious. And like, you, yeah. I feel like if we saw her more, because I. Because I feel like right up until the end, like, this movie could have ended on a twist that, like, she's not a murderer at all. And that would have been totally fine. Right. Um, That's the other thing. I kind of yeah. don't think the the movie, this movie's last image is all that exciting. Um, where she gets that, where she, what is it? It's a, it's a, not a letter opener. It's a, um. Ice pick. An ice pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she grabs the ice pick out from under the bed, like, in bed again. And I'm like. <laughs> You're gonna kill him the same way. Like that's kind of boring. <laughs> um, like I, I, I don't, and I don't know what I would have wanted instead. But what I love is there's a moment before you know when she and Michael Douglas are, are about to you know go at it here at the end. She turns really quickly to him to kiss him, and you think for us, she's she also her arm moves really quickly, and her arm lands on him, and you think for a second that that's gonna be when she stabs him, and it doesn't happen, and then it cuts to the ice pick, and I'm like, I think it would have been enough just for that other thing because it like, it establishes that like she is a you know is a threat. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I really oh, I think the ending is thrilling. Like it's yeah, yeah. I'll. I think it's me being a little nitpicky about a movie that I just don't love that much, but it's okay. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I just well, I kind of wish he was... had a new. I kind of wish he had a new weapon for him. Although, sorry, Kenny. Although I will say, I just kind of to play devil's advocate with myself a little bit. She's someone who has all these like interesting ideas for how people die. Um, I do think it's kind of funny that she would kill him in the same way because he's not that interesting, <laughs> and maybe isn't worth coming up with a new method of death. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll say ultimately, like, we don't know if like the ice pick is going to like kill him. I, I see it more as like a metaphor for the thing that the sure. ice pick is always gonna be under that bed. And like what sure, makes that yeah, seem yeah, yeah. interesting is it's like the passion and we know we know like it's the beginning of the movie where like we you know, we see him get like stabbed during the with the ice pick during sex, so like that's kinda that's kind of on their mind and mm-hmm. then but it's the thing because when she when she like moves her arm really quick and you're like oh is this is what's going on and the kind of thing that I think you know makes mm-hmm. this film work as sort of a metaphor for that kind of like vol- volatile relationships where you know that like neither party should be yeah. in there but there and another thing I think about this film is I I do think she like cares for him as much as she yeah. can care for anyone like I think they care. For each other deeply, but it is also the thing where, like, again, the argument when he's like fantasizing about their life together, he mentions Rugrats. Like, that's the thing yeah. she's like, I never wanted kids. It's like, well, it's fine. We don't need kids. But it's the thing where, like, on the first, on their first kind of disagreement, like the moment things mm-hmm. are going south, she is ready to like, ki- she's ready to kill kill him. That's the thing. It's yeah. the relationship you know is doomed. It's. You, you know that, like, he's he's doomed in a way he knows, probably knows on some level he's doomed, but he just can't resist. It's yeah. his 
it's it's his basic instincts on the way just um yeah also um to sort of go to sort of pivot really quick to something else um i think this movie is really profound in that it does follow the classic cinematic rule that if you show a Bart Simpson keychain in your first act, you have to bring mm-hmm. it back in the climax, which they did. Um, <laughs> yeah. When he accidentally, um, uh, when um, oh, it's the protagonist. It's like oh, what's his name? He's like really actually. He's like oh yeah, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Michael Douglas shoots, um, like at the very end, it's 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 Gene, right? Gene Triplehorn. That's the her mm-hmm. sort of is yeah, sort yeah. of like or Genie. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, right. It's one of those names where, like, I think I've seen J E A N N E as both Genie and yeah. Her, I don't know. Yeah, her and her and Michael Douglas character have this like really like uncomfortable relationship. Yeah. Um, but uh, when he when he shoots her, he pulls the what he thought was like a gun or like a knife. He par- he pulls mm-hmm. out the Bart Simpson keychain, which I made sure to take note of because they did show that <laughs> earlier. Um, <laughs> I just wanted, I I'm just I think it's very um, I think it's a very good movie if it can follow that classic cinematic rule. Yeah. And the Simpsons would eventually kind of re- reference Basic in- Instinct itself during. The Who Shot Mr. Burns episode where Willie is getting interrogated and he like crosses his legs but he's wearing a kilt. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I oh, mean, it's really cool that this week had like two movies with like super iconic scenes. We had like the A Few Good Men speech, the You Can't like You Can't Handle the Truth, and also like the the like the uh the uh, uncrossed across leg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, though I seem that Sharon Stone maintains some... was not done with her consent. Like, yes, um, yeah. there's yeah. Um, this is sort of the maybe the uh, the in in some ways is not not quite in like how the subject matter or how it was made, but this is sort of the uh, Lolita uh, ninety eight of of this episode because there's there's some stuff about how this one was made that is not uh, radical, uh, not 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 super uh, uh, tubular. Um, and uh, um, I wish they hadn't done it. That's all I have to say about that. I have to live my truth. Yeah, I wish, I wish I, they hadn't. I wish they hadn't done some of those things. Yeah, and it feels like it's just I don't know. It's just it feels like there's so many ways around it too. Like it wasn't like it wasn't. I don't think it was worth it in the end uh, at all. Yeah, like it's yeah. just it's just a a poor stain on like what is what has come to be like an iconic movie. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. like. Um, I had something and I've lost it entirely. Um. <laughs> but yeah, Sharon Stone and someone who, so like I think uh, when looking at reviews of this and well, you know, one of them I see is, but or common thing is it's crazy how like Michael Douglas had more of a big movie star career than Sharon Stone did. Like for yeah, I mean she has been kind of not super around um i mean i guess she has but you know it's ben and i were talking a little bit before we started recording about the fact that there was a basic instinct too for which she was nominated for the golden raspberry for worst actress i have not seen it i did not watch it for the show i will never watch it probably because it sounds bad but i mean two years before that she was in catwoman um nominated for uh worst supporting actress at, at the golden raspberries and she, I look. You look at what she's done since, and Sharon Stone has just 
not her most prominent thing of the last two years was um of I mean really yeah her most prominent film of the last two years anyways was the um um you know kind of a, a small role in the laundromat the worst Steven Soderbergh movie um I guess she had like I'm looking you know she's she done was some, in like, ants what's that she was in ants. She was yeah. in ants. Well, okay, no, I sorry, sorry. So there's a there's and a Christopher um, Douglas uh, was in Ant Man. Hmm, uh, makes you think. I have something funny to say about that. <laughs> Christopher um, Douglas. She was really good in the Steven Soderbergh show Mosaic, um, which I watched and loved. But she, you know, really like truly, um, she's going to be in the uh, flight attendant this this coming season, I guess. But. Not a lot happening. Um, I will say that she recently, or in the last couple of years, said that she was going, she she had talked to Marvel about, quote, a small role, unquote, and everyone thought she was going to be the Wasp and then it was Pfeiffer. Um, but that's really funny. Yeah. yeah. I'll say, oh. I, I just saw her in Murderville, which is like Netflix's new kind yeah. of... Yeah, Kenny, do you in, like that show? Uh, yeah, it's, I enjoyed it. It's it's a show that it's never quite as funny as it should be, except yeah. there's Conan gets a really good bit in the for, first one where he's like, has to like improvise the situation, and he's like, yeah. oh yeah, I used to get bullied for doing ma- magic, and then all those bullies became U.S. senators, every one of them, and then she's like, oh, okay, which ones? Who are their names? And then the first one's like, uh, Diane Feinstein. Like she was the leader. <laughs> I heard that the Marshawn Lynch episode is really funny. Um, a friend yeah. of mine texted me to say that. Um, Sharon Stone also was the narrator in the Herald and the Purple Crayon TV show. But so that's you know that's important. Um, yeah, but the interesting thing with her episode there is well, what I've noticed is the ones are like more comedians. Well, Conan's fine, but like yeah. Co- and Kumail and Ken Jeong are just really bad at, like, breaking. Like, they're just laughing at everything that's going on. And it, it's fine. But then, like, the thing that's nice about Marchand, Lynch, Annie Murphy, and Sharon Stone's episodes yeah. is they're very straight-faced about, like, everything that's going on. And they're yeah. just like, okay, they're going on. And Marchand, Lynch's guy is he's like, I'm going to be, like, the t- tough, tough one. Annie Murphy's saying is she's just a lot more competent than Will Arnett's character. And, like, mm-hmm. just gain fr frustrated with him and then Sharon Stone it's really a thing where like Will Arnett immediately is like don't fall in love with me she's like yeah yeah I don't think that'll be an issue like it's yeah but but she's you know, like really good good and funny in it like it's... yeah you said something I find really interesting um and I just have to bring this up uh Kumail Nanjiani uh looks like an old friend of mine uh, a guy named Kingo and just uh just always found that really interesting <sighs> Kingo R.I.P. Just... R.I.P. yeah one of one of my one of my dearest friends. Did you get around to Eternals, Ben? Uh, not yet. Um, yeah. Still, I'm still sitting on uh, on <laughs> the <black>. chill in the air. <laughs> no, sorry. I, I had my I had my thing on uh, on mute. I can't. <laughs> um, I got a I got around to Eternals the like night after it was on Disney Plus and I couldn't sleep and I I watched the first 45 minutes and the last 45 minutes <laughs> and that se- that seemed ideal. Back in the day, that would have been the whole movie. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I did not. I watched the first 10 minutes of Hotel Transylvania 4 and then I stopped um Ugh. i god what a fucking misery that i was. want i want to give it a I'm chance so i want to watch yeah. it after i want to watch like all four in a marathon before because I, I don't want to be like because 
I don't know why, but in my head it looks a little worse, but I'm not sure if that's even true. Um, but yeah, I watched like the first 10 minutes of that, but I, I have not touched Eternals yet, and I, I will. I should, I should just finish Loki, though, because I'm literally one episode away. I liked it. Um, Loki, I, I have been harder on Marvel stuff in the last couple of years than, than I used to be. Um, and Loki's pretty fun. Like, I, I could, I, in retrospect, I don't think I could tell you, like, five things that happened in it, but it is um low key and and pretty enjoyable yeah um yeah yeah it was like the best marvel tv thing and then hawkeye came and you're like oh I mean, right the, yeah, these can be like it's, good it's yeah like oh it's loki is like oh sure like i guess by default this is like kind of the best one and then hawkeye comes along and is the best marvel thing in several years and you're like oh um these can actually be like good i have not seen anything all i've seen is the one uh i've seen the one little screen cap of like the the thanos was right written on the toilet and that looks really funny yeah that's kind of that never amounts to anything that's kind of dumb yeah it's just kind of silly but yeah yeah. no i might that's just in the world yeah my dad really enjoyed it so i'll probably also really enjoy it yeah yeah but Eternals, I I enjoy on the level where like it is at the very least it's trying for things and it's like me- messy in a way that Marvel films aren't often allowed to be messy. Yeah, it, it reminded me a bit of like A Wrinkle in Time, another kind of Disney yeah. produced messy sci-fi film that I like I a loved lot. That are... A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. I loved that movie. Very very good. Yeah, I feel like I'm into rewatching because I'm like, what do I remember about A Wrinkle in Time? I'm like, well, I watched it, and then as I was leaving the theaters, I checked my phone and learned that Stephen Hawking had died. Oh, wow. And I looked at, like, the stars, and every... <laughs> like, that's what I remember from A Wrinkle in Time. I'm like, oh. I looked in the store, I'm like, man, it's all so small, isn't it? Like, we're so big, like, it just... Yeah. But Basic Instinct, great. R.I.P. Stephen Hawking, you know? R.I.P. Yeah. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, he taught me it was okay to be weird. Jughead uh, taught me it was okay to be weird. <laughs> a weird Kenny, um, you haven't given me a Riverdale update in a while. It's uh, been on hiatus. We have to wait till March. Well, did, Just... Wait, did you give me an update on the finale? Um, I gave you an update on the first five episodes, River River Vale. River Vale, right. But, oh, oh wait. So I definitely sent you a lot when I was going insane when the 100th episode was just full on parallel reality stuff. Like, right, 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 right. But, like, did you update? Because so they're in the middle of season six now, right? They just had episode 100. Is that right? Yeah. It was a weird COVID production schedule where, like, the first five episodes, yeah, essentially season season five concluded in the f- october mm-hmm. then they took a month off and then they uh they essentially pitched an option where yeah they take a month yeah. off then they dare five episodes and then they're off again until march yeah. wait a minute the Olympics was, the, is was the sabrina late. crossover like an alternate reality yeah that happened Fuck in that. riverdale that's, that's such a fake out make it real it's possible she could cross over she um, should for real so every episode was like a new alternate reality, right? Um, kind of. It was in the same basic world of River Vale, but like mm-hmm. it all sort of stood alone. And if the characters died, they like stayed, stayed sure. dead until the until like the fifth episode where they start yeah. coming back, and then that becomes part of the thing where they learn it's part an alternate pocket dimension that was created by the yeah. explosion of this bomb under Archie's bed. And yeah, in this world, that. people come back, and 
Archie's like, well, all these people come back. That means if we wait long enough, my dad will come back. So he's like trying to kill people and well, stop yeah, them did, from. Have so they brought back his dad yet? Well, his dad is Luke Perry. Um, yeah. So. Um, I don't know. The thing about Luke Perry, I did mention this to Ben on the show. Is yeah, somehow like they have not brought back like a CGI migration of like dead actor Luke Perry. Um, I mean, I don't. I still don't see why they would need to do that. But you know, this is getting to like Space Jam two <laughs> levels of just tangent now. Oh, it comes with the territory, well, here's, guys. And here's the other thing about Space Jam two. I've been thinking about this ever since last year. Um, did you guys know that they are making a Coyote versus Acme a live action uh, animation hybrid film? Wait, yeah, like kind of like written by James Gunn. Wait, like uh, like in the same vein as like Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah, and it's. I didn't good. know James Gunn was involved. He wow. co-wrote it, and the guy who is directing it is like, hang on, he, he's legit. Hang on, he he directed a couple things I like. Let me find it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So the director is a guy. Shoot, um, um, his name is Dave Green, and this dude directed a couple things I really like. Um, in fact, literally just a couple. One is Earth to Echo. I don't know if you all remember Earth to Echo. It's about a little robot um uh it did not have star this movie did not have stars in it it was it was pretty it was weirdly successful um it's about some kids who find a robot that they name echo um and it it had a budget of like 10 million and ended up making like 45 or something it did like did pretty well but the music is the score is really good and that's what i remember it came out like 2014 and i remember the score being like really 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 good um it's because the guy is um the guy who um did the music is Joseph Trapanese, who has worked extensively with like Daft Punk and M83. So he did the music for like Tron Legacy with with Daft Punk. Um, really, really, really good. Um, anyway, Earth to Echo is really good. The other thing this guy directed is the second Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie, which most people agree is like the good one. And oh I yeah, that one rules. It's really good. Anyway, this dude, Dave Green, pretty solid, pretty good with effects. And I'm like, he's directing a Wile E. Coyote movie? Yeah, why not? Absolutely. I just hope that they look there. I just hope that they're, I know they won't be, but I hope that they're like more traditional looking and not like in Space Jam, A New Legacy, when they cross over into the, um, what do they call they, do the they call mad, it the multiverse? The Mad Max universe? No, when they when they go play the game, oh. do they call it the multiverse? They don't call it the metaverse because that's Zuckerberg. <laughs> serververse. Oh right. The, the serververse. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. I can't believe I forgot the serververse. Kenny, God, like damn it, Jack, God, you idiot. Kenny, you know um, you know for a fact that like your brain can only hold so much information and then you, you're gonna like forget like your your grandkids name you're gonna know it was called the serververse you you honestly you, 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 that part of your brain has been saved saved completely to oh yeah it was called the serververse but anyway, <laughs> all that being said, I, I I do like I hope that they are animated in traditional animation. I don't think that they will be. I think they'll look how they do in the serververse. But making a movie about um uh, uh Wiley e. Coyote suing Acme is pretty good. So yeah. Yeah. And that's um, all and I have I mean, to say about Space Jam. Yeah, we we should like move on, but I'll say you mentioned the second Ninja Turtles movie and good my man. younger sister had watched that for the first time the other day and she sent oh, me a message yeah. where she's like I didn't think Krang was a real thing. I thought I had dreamed that up. I didn't realize it was an actual thing from my childhood. Yeah, Krang, Krang is as real as, as you or me. 
Krang is <laughs> Krang is real. And he's voiced well, by Brad Garrett. Yeah. Which is funny because no. in the old cartoon, Krang is like, I'm Krang. He, like, like that's what he sounds like. And then they're like, you know who could play that part? Brad Garrett. And he I shows mean, up I and, think he does it well. Just... No, he's good. It's just like I you know, it's it's a very funny choice to me. Yeah. So for these movies, it's time now to rank them. We'll start first the movies on their own, and then we'll bring in the kisses. You mean the villains? <laughs> oh, villains. wait! What? I guess I gotta. I guess I gotta watch them all again and watch. Yeah, look up for the kisses. <laughs> Basic Instinct, I feel, could have got a kiss. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I I can start us off uh, with the movies. Um, these are all like really close. Uh, I think like it comes down to like very very small things about it and just personal like personal preference. But like I I all these were like an enjoyable watch. Um, I think at the bottom though, I think I probably have like Basic Instinct, um, just because like I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like uh, Mar- uh, Michael Douglas just like he's all right, but like he's not. He's just I don't know. There's just not a lot of like, you know, like. I don't really, I'm not really vibing with them, I guess, um, throughout the whole movie. And, like, it does feel like it loops quite often. Um, above that one, um, I would probably have a single white female. Um, uh, I think, yeah, super, super duper, like, fun movie. Um, like, really, like, really, like, yeah, strong antagonist does some, like, horrible things. Um, it's retreading a little bit of territory um, that we've already covered, but, like, still really enjoyable. Um, above, I think just a little bit of that one, I would have, um, unlawful entry. I feel like it and single white female have very similar energies. I just think that the, the scale of like sort of quasi mind games versus like setup, like in like setup that the unlawful entry, uh, Ray Liotta does is just, a, it's just like one peg higher. Um, and then, uh, my top two, um, I think at the... At the very tip top, I think I would have a few good men with Batman Forever just a little, or was it, is it Batman? Batman, Batman, Batman Returns. Returns just a little bit below. Um, I, I, a few good men just, I don't know, it's just a fun, it was just a fun movie to watch um, with like a really strong like climax scene. Um, yeah. And then Batman Returns also, just like really fun. I love the goons, I love the penguin funeral, just a, just a, a banger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jack, you want to go? Yeah, um, it's pretty easy ranking for me. I, I, I'd say at the bottom, um, at the bottom, I'd say it's unlawful entry. Like all the pieces of a good movie, truly. Like I like all these movies, um, but but you know, it, it, it's 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 one masterpiece and four really good movies uh, ultimately. So uh, unlawful entry at the bottom for me. I'd say yeah, Basic Instinct uh, number four. Um, a few good men, um, which I feel like I was a little hard on, but but at number three, it's I mean it's really well acted and well put together. Single white female number two, really surprised by how much I enjoyed that. And then of course Batman Returns, um, my 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 number one, my ride or die. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So at the bottom I have unlawful and unlawful entry. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's good. Again, just when you say right, it's like a good movie and a one with like very good to yeah. great ones. Then yeah, then above that probably the hmm. I guess about that probably sing, single white female again. L- liked it a lot. I've yeah. 
some very good performances, mm-hmm. just the other things I look a little bit more. But that, A Few Good Men, which, yeah, classic courtroom drama, good, nice note to end on, iconic speech. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, ab- then above that, like, uh, Basic, in- Basic Instinct, a film I just really lo- loved a lot the second time, with Batman yeah. Returns, of course, being my number one, because... Yeah. Yeah, Bat- it's Batman. Like, mm-hmm. it, it gotta. Yeah. Uh, but how did the villains do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so my villain list. Uh, this one's a little less close, but it definitely is really close when you get to the top. But I think, like, a pretty obvious bottom one would be the A Few Good Men uh, villain. Yeah. It's just, he's just not in it enough. Where When he is in it, uh, like, A-game, just, like, really strong stuff. Um, like really compelling I think it's like um, I feel like it's like I think what he did was like clearly wrong but like you can it's not incomprehensibly evil like some of the other people that we have like there's like there, yeah. there's like a there's like a follow-through there's like an ideology that I don't that I disagree with yeah. but I can see there's like a roadmap there you know um, it's funny that you do say that because he's he's also all spoilers he's also my last place but yeah. The thing we see that is caused because of him is chilling to me in a way mm-hmm. that things that happen in the rest of these are not. Yeah, if, it, if, if this was, yeah, like, exactly. If this was like, like the thing we actually see that he caused is like feels really intentionally cruel in a way that like, you know, a, a smut thing like like the murder in basic instinct is like you can be removed from that. Unlawful entry is like, oh, this cop is you know scary and shitty that that sucks but like that's every day and the penguin again there's like some removal from that and single white female i think she's actually like very sympathetic in some ways but the thing that you see that happens because of um uh colonel jessup and a few good men is really scary shit he himself is not a very effective villain to me but like that thing like the opening scene pretty fucking terrifying that's that's me sorry i should have i should have not jumped in but <laughs> i okay. agree with, with what that's okay saying. yeah no that's all good yeah no um yeah i feel like he's like a pretty neat villain um he's very kind of similar to um wesley snipes in new jack city he's he's both a villain and he's supposed to be like a stand-in for like a problem or like a critique um for like greater systems um and then yeah above that one um i think i would have a single white female um really solid um honestly it's just i'm just kind of going with my gut on these ones why i have the other three above this one but honestly like Mm -hmm. you were to switch these around with any of the top three i don't think i would have much to like argue against they're all very like they're all very very like similar quality um above that one i would have um basic instinct um i think sharon stone is like i think this one is probably the most like likable one the one that's like Mm -hmm. what they do is like it's messed up but like i don't think they ever do anything like horror other than murder of course but like horribly cruel um they just sort of i guess kill people um but they don't don't kill dogs um and they don't boot your car um you know so (laughs) there's that um and then um with my top two i think i would have um unlawful entry just beating out the penguin um just because i think again i'm sort of having to go with my gut with this one but like boy does like does ray liotta just like feel like a scumbag in that movie um just like it's just uh just the way he'll like he's just he'll be like such a prick and then 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, when he's with someone else, he'll be like, I don't know why he's so mad at me. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, um, it's just, <laughs> yeah. And But then, um, I think almost like a polar opposite, you have this, like, over-the-top, like, there's no no subtle, not, like, at least not in his, like, um, in his, like, in-character persona. Like, there's no subtlety to the Penguin, but he's just incredibly fun and, like, bombastic, and his goons are great. Um, his death scene is probably going to stand out to be my favorite death scene in all of movies. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Right, yeah. Uh, Jack, what do you got? All right. Um, I think, uh, so I think my, my last place, agree, it's it's Nicholson. Um, but, but there's the caveat that I, that I had, which is that a, the thing that he causes is really horrible and, and very villainous. But after that, it's probably Leota. Um, although again, Ben brought up something that I think I really like, which is that Leota is like sort of a dummy in it. Like where he's just like, I don't know what I did wrong. I don't what is like, you know, he's, it's hard to tell how much of his villainy is like, in act how much of it comes from his power how much of it is him genuinely like not knowing that what he's doing is wrong and i think he walks that balance really well um again i like it's a great crop i really like all of them my number three probably jennifer jason lee just because you know the great performance but but um the the next two i think are tip-top villainy number two Sharon Stone, I mean, she's she's a piece of work. Like, it's very scary shit. Um, I may not love that movie, but she, I think she is incredibly effective as a villain. And then number one is, um, uh, of course, uh, Oswald Cobblepot, the Penguin himself. He played that stinking city like a heart from hell, you have to admit. Yeah, all right. I think mine's going to be pretty similar to Jack's in the end. Uh, yeah, a few good men at the bottom. It's... It is what it, it's like a really good movie, but and yeah, Nicholson does something horrible, but it, mm-hmm. you know, it's like being more of the movie than Nicholson, yeah. just um, then above that, yeah, oh, pro- probably unlawful entry. Like, I, I respect Ben having it as high as he does, and like, Leon is definitely good to watch. Uh, one of the best, some of the best eyes in the business, I think. But like, it's it's just like a pretty stacked year. Um, yeah. Then above that, Jennifer Jason Lee, single white female, like, just really good work, really chilling, like really good presence. And then, yeah. Oh gosh, top two is tricky. Um, but I think ultimately I do just have to give it to the edge to like Danny DeVito as the Penguin, like as. As much as I love that Sharon Stone performance, as good as I think she she is in it, and like coming coming up with something with like just a lot of nuance and complexity to it, mm-hmm. so sometimes you need someone that's just all like crazy emotions and pain and like trying to drown all the children in the river, like it's yeah. And then mm-hmm. when yeah. that fails, trying to blow up the city with bar like missiles strapped to penguins backs like he's a nasty man he's really you know you have to yeah he's, he's a real nasty guy and yet you feel for him when he dies like it's yeah it's impressive um yeah, yeah but with that that take that takes us to the end of the rankings we've now come to recommendations of the week where we get to recommend whatever we want um 
Jack, what do you got for us this week? Well, um, I've got I've got kind of two special ones, um, uh, and uh, and being as you are both um, in Canada, um, I think that it is a. I, I thought it would be fun to. Something um, you had to check with me today. I, well, I know I know that you are, but I don't talk to Ben as often as I talk to you, and I had to be like, "Hey, is Ben in Canada too?" Um, I should talk to Ben more often. Um, I'm gonna go follow Ben on Twitter actually right now. Oh, thank you. Um, I got two recommendations for you. One is um, at at the Slam Dance Film Festival, which I just uh, watched a, a number of things for and had a great time doing. Um, there's a great film um, called Therapy Dogs uh, that is um, oh gosh. Um, set at a high it's a documentary but but there's some um um i, I don't i don't want to i don't want to be dumb and not say what city it's set in um um got that i should have gotten better prepared anyway it is a really excellent little um pseudo documentary mo- mostly documentary but there are some staged bits too um directed by a kid named ethan ng he was 18 when he made this in his senior year a couple of years ago um and the, the, I, the, I can only really describe it as, like, a combination of, like, Jackass meets Our Town. Um, it, it, it's really beautiful. It is, it, it's, it's really, like, uplifting. And, and it, it's a series of vignettes that he and his, uh, his friend um, his, and his co-writer, um, this guy named Justin Maurice, um, they want to make a senior video um, for their, their high school. And they lie and say it's for a yearbook but really they're making a movie and it's 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 sort of a, a series of vignettes that um are, are a number of different things filmed in all these different styles um there's a recording of a play our town actually which is part of why i made that comparison there's a, a video tribute for a kid from their school who who died like 10 years ago that none of them know um and then there's just a bunch of weird stunts that they do it's like a, a lot of it takes place outside of the school and it's just the two of them like fucking around and having a great time and um like you know lying to cops and shit and it all works for me i i like was really really taken aback and stunned by how much i i adored it it is called therapy dogs and you can't watch it yet but um i believe it's going to be available soon and and i'm going to watch it again probably a lot um because i really adored it the other the other recommendation that i have um is that people check out the national film board of canada website because there is a lot of good stuff on there a lot of short films a lot of documentaries all from canadian filmmakers um it's just stunning and what my favorite new watch of the year for me of, of, of stuff that you know isn't new but like is, is stuff that's new to me is a 10 minute short film called blades and brass it's free on on the national film board of canada website and it's hockey footage set to tijuana brass music with with the footage like kind of varying in speed like sometimes it's a little slowed down um it is mesmerizing. I have watched it five times this year. It's incredible. So I recommend that, but I also recommend just going to the National Film Board of Canada and filtering by like length or subject or whatever and find something you think is interesting. One of Buster Keaton's last movies is on there, um, which he made with a Canadian crew. It's fascinating stuff. So those are my recommendations. I really, those are, those are two things I highly, highly recommend. Cool. No, that both sounds good. Uh, ben, what do you got? Um, I think I have. I have two because I I don't remember if I've recommended one before. Um, but so the first one that I I, I don't know if I've recommended this one before. I might have. Um, but is to follow um, 
Dan Povenmeyer on either YouTube or TikTok. Um, he's uh, half of the creator of Phineas and Ferb, and he just posts just funny little videos giving like insight. And he's just a really wholesome, like fun guy to just like watch. Um, I like what if J.K. Rowling, but exactly good. like like super like he he answers like a lot of questions. He his videos are also like super like fun and like high energy. He like edits them like even his like little short TikToks that just make them like really fun. And then my second recommendation that I don't think I've ever recommended is to just go and watch um, some Weird Al music videos. Um, after I watched 10 minutes of Hotel Transylvania, I spent the rest of the night just watching Weird Al YouTube videos or like Weird Al um, music videos. Um, and they're always super fun. Um, I think Jib Jab is probably one of my favorite styles of animation. Uh, it just looks hilarious and I always love it. Uh, great. Yeah. So, so for me, my recommendation of the week is, uh, yeah, network sitcom American Auto. Um, it's been a surprisingly strong year for network sitcoms. They've been making kind of a comeback. Uh, the, this one, American Auto, it's from the creator of a show I love, Superstore. And Su- oh, yeah, I love yeah. Superstore. Yeah, so nice. Su- Superstore, a bunch of employees at a Walmart-type store. And this one is kind of, it's looking at sort of the similar themes of how capitalism kind of corrupts, but then from the other other side, so it's about a bunch of executives of this auto company in Detroit, paying paying motors and kind of it's a show where there I mean there's one the the premise of the first ep- episode initially in is they're getting a new CEO. She's the first first person not connected to this family that they've had had, and it's Anna Gasteyer who is like playing this character Catherine who's from the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. and kind of and their twist on the sort of clueless boss thing is it's not like she's like an incompetent or dumb like a Michael Scott type but it's just she simply knows nothing about cars cuz she's from like pharmaceuticals and so she has so so she has like insight and this like rare rare going thing and she wants to like take charge but it's also an industry where she like knows little in and she's surrounded by people one of them is a person who he's like a former assembly line employee and he kind of gets promoted at the end of the first episode and he's kind of the moral compass and it's a bunch of people that range from like full-on just immoral to well-meaning but easily corrupted when like money's kind of on the line mm-hmm. and it in the same way that like superstore would just touch on issue issues like it it, it looks and stuff there's there's an episode where they travel to the town in Iowa because they're going for a ribbon cutting at this like new factory because and they're going to build cars there and they're bringing back jobs jobs and they're really happy to do good for like the community but then suddenly they get a a bid from a nation in the Balkans with a reputation for human rights abuses that's really good and then they're like well we can't just leave, right? But then they're like, well, what if we, like, just acted bad or leaked stuff so that they no longer wanted us and they asked us and they asked us to leave, but everyone's just so desperate for jobs that, like, they will have, they're happily just ignoring every, everything and, like, it's them going, and it's, you know, it's like this push and pull until eventually 
as they're planning to just ditch them, suddenly there is, like, an uprising in the Spalkin Nation. Mm-hmm. And it's they go back, but this time it's leaked out that they try to leave, so they're no longer happy for them to be there. So that's just them silently there as they cut the ribbon on this factory, because, hey, it's jobs. Or, yeah. or there's, yeah. And, and yeah, it's just a show where, like, it's kind of a dark comedy. It's, I know, like, there's some people who are like, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure how funny this is, but, like, I think it, it is really good. It has the guy who played Marcus on Superstore playing essentially what if Marcus was from money? Mm-hmm. That's like a really good premise. There's actors in Andy Daly plays a, a like, Andy Daly pops up in one. Uh, just the guy who was Jerry on Parks and Rec. Just a lot of like really good character actors. And yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's a really funny show. So can check that out while it's on hiatus for the Olympics. Uh, though I guess this will be coming out when it's back on airing. Whoops. The Olympics are going to go forever. Ah, uh, yes they will. Just... But, yeah, with that, that brings us to plugs. Jack, thanks so much for being on. What do you got yeah. to plug this week? Not a lot. Like I said, my show is um sort of indefinitely... I think it's safe to say it's pretty much gone as much as I, as much as I loved doing it. Um, the backlog is there. Kenny's got a great episode. Maybe one of the last turn. ones. One of the last ones. That's true. Um, um, depending on on who you are, that's either when it peaked or when it became too much to bear. Um, no, it's 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 really that was just when I realized work was it was going to be impossible to do while I had a, a full time job that I. You know, and also watching movie, as you guys know, watching movies for a show is really hard. Um, and I kind of like just watching them for fun. Um, but I, I'm proud of the backlog. I think there are some great episodes there. Um, so there's that. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter is Jack Left on Read, R E A D. That's J A C K L E F T O N R E A D. Kind of unwieldy. I think it's a I think it's a funny little pun, um, but it's like I said, a little unwieldy. That is also my letterboxed um, as well. Um, and the only other thing that I have to plug is, um, um, you know, just uh, keep uh, keep keep being safe and healthy, and and um, uh, get your get your vaxes when it's time uh, to get your boosts, and uh, be safe and wear a mask, wear N95s, and um be cool and that's all <laughs> i tried to come up with something cool at the end but i didn't have anything just be cool and follow me on all of my social media accounts uh great uh, yeah ben what do you got uh, yeah um i have my two usuals my uh twitter and my um uh, instagram what is your twitter, my twitter is at uh gak gak g-h-a-t-g-h sorry i messed it up i, I did this before as well it's Gak yeah. Gak. I know because I just updated <laughs> yeah, the Twitter. Uh, oh, okay. G-H-A-K. Uh, G-H-A-K. Uh, I'm also on Instagram as Not2Pens. And then I also have um, a TikTok that I'm I'm uploading some of my drawings to that went on my Instagram. Um, and that's just at uh, Gakker. So G-H-A-K-K-E-R. And those are my three yeah, socials. I, I get it. You followed me, but I didn't get a notification that you did. That's oh. all right. Well, rectifying that now. <laughs> oh, right to Twitter. There's some good art on here. There's a there's a GIF of 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 um, of Car Kirby of Carby, uh, which we're all still going to be talking about when this episode drops because Carby is is important. 
Great Just wait till you see his respectfully done James Gandolfini drawing. <laughs> oh, hang on. Well, let's let's keep the show going until I find it. Hang on. How far down? Oh no, like he hasn't posted yeah. it yet. I just oh. see his art. Oh. Um, well, let's keep the show going until he posts it. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, so you you I can find go. me on Twitter at like a Wolverine. You can find me on Letterbox, also on like a Wolverine. You can find the show on Twitter at gold popcorn pod you can find us on instagram i remember to post for it last week when it was all the shows that have fandoms and stuff and then promptly forgot to do it again this week but uh, hey i'll maybe i've remembered by now uh past the golden popcorn you can email us at past the golden popcorn at gmail.com and yeah our our theme song is the My Matt Samard. It's hopefully new. I should remind him that he's supposed to be writing us new music. Um, <laughs> oh, politely. Our art is by Ben. This will also be new. Yeah, um, yeah if we, <laughs> Kenny, that was if, we um, if we can't get uh, a new song, uh, we'll just use the old song, but I'll do like a Dracula laugh at the end of like Thunderbolt sa- or Thunder Sounds. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean... He told us he wanted to keep doing stuff for the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, definitely. <laughs> Guys, I have to admit so I have to admit something now that we're at the end of the episode. I did Wordle while we were doing the episode, and I watched the, I watched it change over to the New York Times in real time. Oh, whoa. It turned into the New York Times while I... W- it was... You guys were doing a description of something, and I was like, okay, I can do Wordle. And I watched it change over to the New York Times like while I was figuring it out. By the way, I got it in three today. Um, um, not my best, but but not my worst. Um, but yeah, it was real rough stuff. <laughs> Watching that happen. Wow. I, I almost gasped. I almost said like, oh my God, out loud. And I did, I'm really glad I didn't. <laughs> Uh, oh wow they fo- oh and now it's on new york time rule so i can it. do any so now where it always switches over uh like a certain time um mm-hmm. th- th- this is an interesting to people it- it's fine it's cool it's but yeah my friend jesse um, um has a she has a show where she does the wordle every day and it's become one of my favorite things i gotta listen to that Je- jesse will be back on to discuss the cable guy in a couple weeks Hell, <laughs> Just, yeah I might, I might, wa- I might watch along uh, with that one because I, I love the cable guy, as I mentioned. It's a f- that that year's a fun year, but um, but first we got, to, I mean, we got a few years to talk to before we get to this point. Uh, ne- yeah. So next week will be 1994 with the return of our good friend Ethan, and Ethan. for 19 Ethan, Ethan. yeah, and for 1994 the nominees are Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son, creepy. J- John Malkovich in In the Line of Fire, Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man, T-Rex in Jurassic Park, and the winner, Alicia Silverstone in The Crush. I've never seen that. Have you guys watched? I've seen you've watched it already. Yeah, I watched The Crush. It is a lot. (laughs) It's not quite Lolita bad. We'll, We'll get into to it but essentially it's the the writer and director of the film based the crush on like a a real incident that happened to him that he kind of like spruced up for movies Mm -hmm. and then he did not change the name the first name of the person involved and so she sued him and they had to like and they had and so they there is like ADR in that film now where the character was originally named Darian and now they say Adrian. It's, That's wild. 
But yeah, so that kind of sours its yeah. goodness potential oh, a bit. Yeah. I... <laughs> it happens, you know. Uh, yeah. All well, right, guys. Well, I gotta, I gotta run, but um, great to be back. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I may, um, um, I may, I, I may look ahead at some point and 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 force myself into Kenny's DMs again um, at what else is out there. But maybe I'll do one division for you. No, I won't do that. No one will like that. Oh, feel feel free to come back every, anytime. There's still some good ones on the table, and despite our efforts for two hours, I believe you have you you now have the second longest episode. Or, Jesus oh, Christ, just, do I have the longest? Just a couple minutes. Longest? Is, no, I'm not the longest anymore, right? No, you're the longest. Evie, oh. Evie's was. I'm like, oh well, he's on a top Evie's game. I think you have. I'd have to go wow. back. But. Cool, and I'm the one who was like, "Hey, I've got a, I've got a, a heart out." And <laughs> yeah. all right, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, you thanks, guys are great. Thanks, I love it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. I forgot to tell you folks to do that during the plug section. Um, and yeah, keep passing that golden popcorn, and you know, just just remember. Um, don't trust politicians. Period. <laughs> yeah. Probably you thought I was gonna say who look like penguins, but I mean, come which, on, I they're mean, all crooks, and they're all playing the city like a which harp ones from hell. Don't, if we're being honest. A stinking harp from hell. Stinking harp from hell. Stinking harp from hell. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>